cool. Yeah, whatever the whatever yeah. the length or whatever, you we're, tell me when to shut up. You know, it's per, we're live recording right now. We're live, and, baby. And it, we're live now, but it won't be when I put it out. It'll be in the past then. But okay, that's all right. That's the next step. We gotta do live podcast. Live, live. Genius. Cut For, that off, proprietary. Yeah, <laughs> Copyright. Yeah. All right, so you hired a social media girl. I'm not there yet, but yeah, that's we're obviously di- the next step. Yeah, we're discussing social media. Um, for anybody tuning in, the um, yeah, so I hired a person this year. She's great. Um, and the whole point was number one, I've, I I do think it's important because you know, especially for well, really both of our business, real estate and music, is both. People. Which, by the way, you're Zach Quillen of Suffering Moses. Oh, oh yeah, that. that's right. Great host. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, yeah, Zach Quillen. My band is Suffering Moses. Uh, y'all know Jeremy. Slinging houses. Making dreams come true. The, uh, yeah. The, um, yeah, so I hired a social media girl, and she's great. She takes pictures. She uh, updates, um, you know, makes a bunch of posts for me. And I go in and edit them. It's still stuff I do. It's not like it's entirely out of my hands, but it's like I never did it before. Was the moral of the story? And this is the point I'm getting to. Is you mean you never did social media before? I did it, but I didn't do it really aggressively and not really with my business in mind. Like I would get on and post a meme personally, but I would right. like forget to post my show. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like I wasn't really taking it seriously as a part of my um, business model. You know. So what made what made you change on that? What made you go? I need to be doing this for business. Well, uh, honestly, um, feedback from fans like because there's people that liked my you know if you look at the band and what we do live or what we do um, and you know this album we got coming out like us as a product I have people that liked the product but weren't sure how to get it weren't sure where to see us. Oh, I didn't know you were playing in here until it was already over. Mm-hmm. I hear that way too much. And I hear that about other bands in Charleston, too. So I just never hear about them until it's already done. Right. And Because there's certain bands. You, <laughs> if I know you're playing on the beach, I'll probably show up unless I can't come. Yeah. And but if I don't know, then I don't know. Part of that was getting ahead of it advertising-wise, is getting on Facebook that week and going, you know, hey, here's a big show on Saturday. And planning, hey, we'll promote it on Tuesday, we'll promote it again on Thursday. I got a different show Wednesday, so we'll promote that on Wednesday. And, and make sure it's in the morning, so when we, you know, it's easy. Right. Now you can schedule the posts, so you can, I can get on there and go, yeah, that show's at four. So, if I'm, you know, my musician schedule don't have me getting up early, so I can schedule to go out at 8 a.m. or 9 a.m., I use the scheduling. Somebody taught me that not long ago. I don't use it nearly enough, but that's one thing you can kind of delegate. You can, well, and that's part of why we do it is we'll have her basically get the content together is, you know, put seven days of, you know, like we're just talking about tonight, she's going to put together seven posts um, for the week. I send her basically what shows and what I want to kind of focus on promoting that week. Um, She puts a picture, a video, a picture, a video, whatever, and then text and I kind of edit the text and then you've got the whole week's post done and if you're a real business person that's advantageous to sit down for a half hour and get the whole week's post done is that's freaking great somebody someone taught me that not long ago that you could I didn't even know like this is just on Facebook you can set the time when it goes up for your business page well I didn't know you could do that and someone not long ago 
it's a guy that I started talking to about. I do like a an accountability thing with him, and he said, well, let's make accountability. We'll make one post per day on Facebook, and I'm like, uh, I'm gonna have to remember to do that. He's like, why don't you just sit down on Sunday night and set them up for the week? Exactly. And I didn't know it, so I set them up for the week, and that made me a hundred percent on my accountability. Like it's going up once you click go. Yeah. And that's a big thing for me is being consistent anyways. And I'm not, I don't know. Did you think that you used to be like a part of you were like scared to put, not maybe not scared. We're not really, we don't care much about what people think. I don't think either one of us, but no, but you know what I mean? Like a part of you was like, uh, just thought it was kind of lame or whatever. And, and then you, I don't know. And then you kind of have a moment where you're like, well, I'm not going to put lame stuff up, so it's not lame unless it's lame, you know? It's, right. It still uh, takes a little effort, you know what I mean? You still got to think, like, all right, let's go ahead and do a post. Let's knock out a post. It ain't that much, though. No. Well, it's, you know what's funny is I, I wouldn't necessarily term it as or, or use the term afraid because it's not so much afraid to put a post up, but, I, yeah, I always felt like business posts are kind of one of those things where you go, yeah, is this... Um, is it lame? Is it, um, is it, uh, what you call it? Is it effective? You know, I didn't want to do right. it unless it that was too. effective for us and effective for fans. It's like, can they, w- will doing this help them to know us better? Like, you know, like as Jen would say, as a social media girl, it's kind of marketing bent there too. And, you know, is it on brand? You know, is what I'm doing make sound? Does it sound and look and feel like suffering Moses, so that people can get to know us better? You know, is it intimate in that way? Brand intimacy is a thing, um, and it's just like yeah, like your posts are I think on brand and brand intimate because they're getting to know you as a as a as a realtor on a personal level because your posts are not purely nuts and bolts, you know, like, for instance, my show post used to be, I'm playing here at this time, mm-hmm. this date, right? And it would just be text. And it's usually the day of, mm-hmm. which we found to be ineffective. Because people are not going, you know. No one cares about text like posts. It, right. You know, and that's, everyone's on social media. People are all over Instagram, they're all over Facebook, which is why we got to be there, because we're in people business, you know, we want people to know about us, but it's like, one of those things, okay, you had a picture, you had a video, now people are more interested. That's more on brand. You write it, hey, can't wait to, you know, wh- whatever. We love this thing because this. And I was like, I started adding things about like, you know, my fat ass. I love the food at certain places, you know, so I'll add stuff like that, like, yeah. you know. But it's I didn't want to do it unless it was effective. So part of that was waiting to be effective. Part of it was I just didn't want to be distracted from what I really want to do, which is the music stuff. Like, I feel like I need to work on the product more than I work on Mm-hmm. the advertisement for it and it's um, not your talent you don't really you don't mind doing a post or whatever but it's not what you're totally not my strength yeah mm. um and so part that's part of the reason i guess if, if we're going to use afraid or feeling weird about it i guess that would be it because it's like well it's not really my realm you know i'm not a mm-hmm. you know i get on there and share memes and stuff because i think it's goofy you know but it's not like i'm mr instagram you know like I'm, and i know mine needs to be like, I need to probably work on making mine look better, but I think part of me and Leslie talk about this. She's like, I don't want to post things. I know you don't care what things look like, but I care what mine look like for mine, so I want to set right. it up to look good. And I'm like, yeah, that's part of my brand is that I don't care about looking perfect. Um, 
driving a $1,500 car and a lot of times my videos in the morning when my hair's still wet and I'm driving down the road, I hadn't brushed it yet. And like, right. I look at it and think like, ah, it doesn't look good with your hair there, but it's like, whatever, who cares? I, that's me. Well, so I don't mind posting it like that because that's how I am in real life anyways. Like part of me hates looking good and being, you know, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't really care to be that guy. Well, I think part of your brand, I think you're right that part of your brand is being a relatable kind of uh, mm -hmm. every man. You know, you're a relatable everyman. When people like, I don't want to sell my house. I don't have a house, but, and I don't got the money to buy one. But if I did, I wouldn't want to do it with um, some guy that looks like a suit office type who don't have any personality. You know, like you're part of your brand is yeah, you are yourself. That's part of what people can trust you, I think. Because yeah, you get be, the real thing. I'm kind of being the, I hope, like the real deal person, whatever, being real with a suit not the suit type or what, kind of the right. reverse of what you just said like and I'm, I'm just You're not coming person. around to like I've got to alright I got to be presentable so I can talk to everybody and get in front of everybody and all that kind of stuff it helps I've already realized it I didn't want to believe it but it does yeah it totally does people treat you differently if you look a little bit more of the part you know if I look more like a band guy right if, if you know it's like it's funny because yeah you're a you're a every you're a likable, trustable, everyman type of guy who puts on a suit. Mm -hmm. Some of the other folks in your business are suits who try to pretend to be relatable. <laughs> right. Which is... Which I laugh when people... Yeah, I was at a coaching thing not long ago, and they were talking about teaching you how to build rapport. And it was like, find common ground with... You know, like... Yes. And I was like, oh, man, that's... Which I guess you got to learn it if you want to be in sales, but sure does give you an edge if you actually care about finding common ground with people and yeah like plus, if you care you know so where y'all from you know and i'm and i'm literally asking because i'm just wondering where y'all y'all are from yeah because i like knowing that and it immediately people it starts to build trust there and i did i learned on the back end that that's rapport after yeah. i already knew how to build rapport like my yeah. people around me are telling me oh you're pretty good at rapport man like i think it's harder to teach that stuff way harder I think it's way easier to teach you to put on a suit and, be, you know, do, do this, whatever. You know, like, hey, put on a suit and, uh, hey, if you send out this stuff about your business, I'm sure it's like, hey, contact people between this time of day. You're more likely to get a response. Okay, that's something you would need to learn about mm -hmm. a business, you know. But it's like being able to just talk to people and have it be organic. I think that's a that's a thing that's really hard to teach, you know. It's I've actually I've had to be taught more <clears throat> in the past two years of training. It's been more like, hey, you're good at rapport. Remember what you're talking to people for, like, right? Remember, remember, some of these need to lead to sales when you talk to people. Sometimes right. you know, like it, you kick the can back toward you know, being a don't forget to sell the house. Yeah. Well, and being <laughs> a uh, well, being a my thing is like being a resource to people because I'm not a high pressure person anyways, but. I need to let people know that I'm a re like you. You're like, oh, I can't buy a house. Where it doesn't mean I can't be a real estate resource. You're not buying a house, right? You're not selling one yet. There's no disadvantage to me keeping you up to speed on what's going on in real estate. For right. You. There's no disadvantage other than I'll have to do something and not expect anything right now, right? Or ever, you know, like that's. So I'm real. I'm pushing that a lot right now. Just be a resource for as many people as possible. And when you come across somebody who's, yeah, we were thinking about selling, well, then you got to go in for it then, but... Well, and also, here's you know, the thing. If I come, you know, there'll be a point, I mean, you can see, 
thank God the podcast can't see how cramped my apartment is. Yeah. We're, we're literally sitting in between amps and guitars and drum sets right now. That's right. Um, my living room is basically a studio, but there's... That... Um, there'll be a time when I grow out of this, mm-hmm. and I will need a house, and who am I going to call? My friend who I know will not talk to me like I'm an idiot, and will also explain the things that I am an idiot about... And it's not making pressure you feel like an idiot. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to pressure me into buying something either, which people love. Like, people hate that stuff whenever you're, including me. Yeah, and I was raised by a real estate agent who just the other day said, "I mean, mom's fifty. She's not that old. Fifty-three. She just the other day said, I'm having to realize that I'm a salesman just now because I've always told people like I'm a house person. I'm not a salesperson. I'm a, and she was like." But I am in the business of sales. I mean, in her 50s, she's realizing that yeah. it's not a bad thing to be a salesman. Like, And I'm the same way. Like, We don't want to be, we didn't want to be, we're turned off by it. Yeah. By the person who comes up to you bugging you about stuff. And it's, there's a difference between like hustling and selling and it's a balance and, you know, it's, you got to find it like in this business. It's, it really helps if you have all, if you can find that balance, I think. Well, it's truly you- care about people. You try to help them and be a resource to them no matter what it is and don't expect anything from them. And things happen on the other end. You know? Yeah. And that's that, that will... Because here's the thing. Even if you don't help that person with mm-hmm. that, they're going to have a buddy. They're going to... You know, it'll come back. In three years, you will have done... You know, you helped me this year. In three years from now, I'm going to come to you and go, yeah, I want this house. Here's the money. And, <laughs> you know, and then you're going to go... Oh, I literally did nothing for that. Like, it'll come back on the other end. Um, and people, that's literally the same thing I'm trying to do. Like, with my social media, it's the same thing I'm doing in business. I mean, it's all kind of cyclical. Just, like, putting value out there, putting things out there, trying to put the good stuff out there, and don't don't worry about the results right now. You know, right. don't worry about it too much, or ever. And people see it. Like, they see what you're doing if you stay on it. That's... That's the hard thing, whether it's social media or music or whatever, to stay on your path and don't worry about what what it looks like, what it feels like, whatever, and to push through all that. I mean, Well, you know, it's funny, we're talking about, the, you know, putting on a suit, realizing that a suit going to help you be able to talk to people that maybe wouldn't look, talk to you if you didn't have a suit on. Um, I'm finding some of that with dressing like a band guy. Um, I've had a lot more attention with and a lot more interaction. I play the same and sing the same and do the same songs as I've done. I've been do- I've been doing this for eleven years, and some of these songs I've been doing for eleven years. Some of these are new songs ish, you know. Yeah. But the amount of people that are interested, the amount of people that are liking the posts, interacting with the posts. Coming at shows going, oh man, this is great, is increased since I started wearing the hat. As dumb as it is, like I bought that hat, the one sitting behind you. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know the, that. The hat, yeah, from the pictures, right? The one everybody started calling you Undertaker. And yeah, all that totally, stuff. yeah, totally, totally. Um, and well, what's funny is the Undertaker, well, that's kind of one of the reasons I got that. And one of the reasons, that's one of the images I'm looking at is you're a blues guy, you're doing some heavy music, you're doing, you know, like, you kind of got to look, you know, like you got to put on a suit. I got to kind of look like a band guy, you know, and, um, started wearing the hat, started doing, um, just a little more thought out 
band quotation outfits, you know, and people think my band's better, which yeah. is hilarious because the product is the exact same, what? but because I look apart now, people are more into it. Did you have anything against looking like that before, or did you kind of want to look that way, or did you care where you didn't matter? Or I, I've never been a fan of fashion or dressing a certain way yeah. because yeah, I'm supposed to. You know, I don't wear that hat out. I wear that when I go on stage, you know, because that's a different person. That's that's a persona, you know, and that's part of the brand, you know, and this is my Jen who does the marketing and stuff for us, the social media stuff. She says the same thing as going, the hat is on brand. It looks like what you sound like and what you're doing is trying to sell your music. I've always cared about the music and what she, and she made a really good point was you should never not wear that hat mm -hmm. if you're on the stage because you're trying to sell it's not just about the hat, but the hat is symbolic of you should look like what you're trying to sell. You should sound like, you know, it should all make sense together. And if you look like a guy in a t-shirt with tennis shoes on and you're just strumming and, you know, I'm short hair and, I got, and I'm clean shaven, do I look like a blues guy you should listen to or do I look like just some guy? You know, if I got the beard, I got my hair long and I got the hat and I got a crazy black shirt on, you know, and I'm like... Yeah, but there has to be some. It looks. If more you like could, it. if you couldn't, if you didn't sound like that though, too, there's, there's, it's both. I mean, totally. It's whatever you think. 100% if that's it's both. giving you some more confidence and making you feel like you look more that part, then yeah, it's helping it's, you. Confidence is, you know, not. I I, I can be confident in in a onesie, right. and, and play a good show. It's not about what I feel. It's about what they think, and generally speaking, the audience wants to see a guy. Who sounds like that? Mm -hmm. You know, they want to see a guy that looks like that and sounds like that. But here's how you know it's real. Some of the best, best, air quotes again, some of the best or most famous musicians recently aren't even that good, man. Like, they look the part. Mm -hmm. they, they sell the part. You know, like Britney Spears. I make this, in no disrespect to Miss Spears, but mm -hmm. um, she's a great dancer. She's an okay singer. She wrote basically none of her songs. Mm -hmm. And she's made a lot of dang money. Mm -hmm. So basically, but she looked like a pop star. She looked great. She dressed the part. You know, obviously had makeup artists and all that kind of stuff too. But like, she didn't get where she was because she could sing. And everybody knew it. She knew it. Everybody knew it. No, you look like a freaking Britney Spears, you know? And... So you, and I also know a lot of guys who are the best musicians I've ever seen, and they are totally unknown because they look like almost homeless, you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it's like, I wish it wasn't a visual image business, but it is. And I don't, you're right. I don't. I'm not that way. I don't enjoy it. But you know, it's a lot of things I don't enjoy, but have to do for business, you know. Um, See, I don't think I have to. I think I can sell houses without. The, well, I already know it because I came in with my hair long my baggy khakis from college and shirts that look more dated than these ones that my mom bought me. Yeah. And Thanks, mom. these expensive shoes, you know, stuff like that. Like, not in Patreon. His mom was like, when I started talking about it, I felt like I need to upgrade. She started dropping me some gifts, you know. Thanks, mom. Thanks, But, mom. I think I can, I, I think, on some level, if you're happy and you're comfortable and there's just, and you're like beaming because you love it so much and you're way in your comfort zone, I think there's a, Point to where that almost takes over. Not a hundred percent. I mean, I don't think I could wear like 
ripped up shirt and go into a listing presentation and like stink of like alcohol or something, you know? Right. I don't think that would work, but I think that I could, on my way back from hunting, like, you know, let somebody know, yeah, I'm going to stop by and we'll do the paperwork. Just letting you know, I came out of the, I came out of the woods. All right. If I'm, if I, if I just slide on some flip flops, I've got on hunting boots and come in the house or whatever. I think certain people, if I'm at a certain comfort level, I could do that. Right. And still be fine because it's me doing my thing and they know. Right. Uh, but like first impressions and stuff is kind of why I, and, and for people that otherwise may not give me enough time to go, dang, this guy does, he's the real deal. You know, like that's more why I started leaning into it because it's getting me in front of people that really do need my help. There's a lot of of, of whack real estate agents yeah. that are just whack and people don't ever question. They don't know why they hire one versus another. You probably don't know much about why one's valuable more than another because you just don't care that much. Yeah, and, it's a business I don't have any. Right. I don't have a I don't have a dog in that fight. You know? Right. So I'm getting in front of people I was talking about today that like that they're lucky. I feel like now they're lucky to have me. Once I start talking to them in their situation, I'm like I, I'm I'm in it. Like I get what they want to do, and I'm like I'm committed to it. And I think that the suit and stuff is helping me get into front of more of those people, you know, where they might take a second look at me. And then at, after a certain point, they don't care what I, right. they don't care for that. Well, it's like my friends don't care what I look like or whatever, any of that stuff, you know, they don't care. That's, I had people ask me why, sending me like DMs and stuff. No, don't do it. Why are you changing? Why are you wearing suits now? You know, stupid stuff like that. I'm like, whatever. I've had people. Because you're really going for your dreams 100%. Right, right. There. I mean. Anybody that tells you not to try to do well in your business is broke usually yeah um <laughs> and nobody's really i don't really have a whole lot of at least not to my face haters anyways like anytime i step out and do something no one really ever no one ever hates on you for trying and if they do they're usually just it's just a loser you know they're not yeah it's just noise i mean it ain't and noise is the word yeah i i've had you know it's funny because i started since i started worrying more about my quote-unquote image like trying, and I'm not even worrying that hard. It's literally just like, I don't know. But you started paying attention to it. I started paying attention. I started going, okay, we need more. You know, we need real photos. For instance, I need a real photo shoot, mm-hmm. which I did earlier this year, and the photos got a lot of attention because they're great photos. You know, Taylor Zawinski, Paul Kelmas took some great photos. One, a couple of our album uh, cover um, or album art in in some way. Um, it's just, it turned out really, um, really cool. It turned out really, um, you know, it looks professional. And I had some folks, you know, be interested in what we do because of that. It looks like something they think they should listen to, mm-hmm. which is why I did it. Because it's like, oh, that's impressive. I should listen. Not just, I'll because a lot of people don't listen first. They look and go, eh, doesn't look good, you know? You see a band picture, a bunch of dweebs. Yeah, it's probably not very good. You know. No, I know what you're. I mean, I say it all the time. There's a couple guys that play around like folly and stuff, and I, I tell Leslie like they'll walk in the door, and I'm like, that guy right there doesn't look like a guitar player, does he? But he can rip. Watch him, right? Because right. I recognize him. You know, there's a couple dudes that I just I don't even know their names, but I know they're local and they play, and I just you know like they just wear a ball cap and a t-shirt and yeah, they're really good, but they don't. I guess you're right. I don't know their. I don't know their name. I know your name because you wear that. <laughs> no. Yeah. But seriously, well, I mean, but, you also you 
you posting and you maybe that you just talk to people and say your name. I don't know. Like, there's a lot of musicians that I like and I listen to them. And I don't. They're band members, not like a front guy, and I don't know their name. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess in that in that regard, I'm a little. You know, since I am the front man, it's a little easier in that regard. And I, you know, I do use different side guys sometimes. I got my main guys um, mm -hmm. who are awesome, and I love them. You know, Arnold Gottlieb on bass and Sean Marshall on drums. But sometimes those guys can't work. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever. I got to work. I got something booked, and I, I got to have a band. So it's like I don't always work with the same guys. So it's a little easier to notice me because I'm always there, I guess. But um, you know, it, it's it's definitely helped. I notice bigger post engagement which is you know tangible data i also mm -hmm. notice that shows where it's way more recognizable because i'm the freaking guy that looks like the undertaker with the hat on you know and it's people go, oh that guy that guy that guy before the image is different sometimes i wear a bandana sometimes my hair is down sometimes it's up in a bun sometimes it's under a toboggan my beard's short my beard's long i'm clean shaven oh you start changing all that stuff and it's becomes a little bit hard to track if you're not with me every day. Mm -hmm. um, it's silly, but it, it freaking works. I had some folks, speaking of haters, who who gave me some guff about the photo shoot. Oh, you're getting fancy now. Oh, you think you're something special. People like, that you already knew. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that knew me, and they'd give me some trash, and I'm like... That's noise, noise. For that's everybody. noise, noise, yeah. And what's funny is it's like for every person who said yeah you're you know selling out you're which is funny because it's like bro we're all broke no you can't sell out at the local level mm -hmm. <laughs> you know it's like if i was huge and i did something yeah weird like i could see selling out but it's like dude for every person you know i have had one guy that complains and says i'm you know doing whatever to be image oriented um i have 10 new fans so you can call that selling out but uh yeah, I'll, I'll quote no, Gene Simmons here. Yeah, we sold out. We sell out every night. No, I, like I know. stadiums, they sell. You know, like so. That's you know, not to say we're that way. We aren't even close. But it's like I got one hater and I got ten new fans. Result, like, what are you going to do? I'm going to wear the hat. You know, like. Or like, you're going? Yeah, it's whatever you choose to do. I mean, like, what? I noticed the same thing when I switched over because a lot of people that had no clue. I've had a real estate license since I left college. My mom's an agent in another town. They didn't have, have any clue that this was a part of my plan the whole time because I didn't really talk about it. And then when I made the switch, I, I thought everybody around me would just realize, like, pretty much everything I do, I always try to be on the up and up. And I'm, like, like I always try to be, like, a helper guy. I always push that, like, altruism, all that stuff. It was like when I made the switch to real estate, some people that were around me, beach friends and stuff, were like, whoa, what's going on? I heard sell out. I heard words like that. Yeah. And I was like... Oh, you're corporate, or you're something, you know, and I'm like, yeah. and I let that get in my head a little bit. It didn't like, I didn't realize I was doing it, but it was in my subconscious, and so I didn't really try to sell real estate on the beach. I started going to all the, the markets where they were hot, Somerville, Goose Creek, whatever, all that yeah. stuff. I was like, whatever, you know, I'll go up here. These houses move quicker anyways, and which I think was fine, uh, but I, but I let it. I let that bother me a little bit, even though I say, like, I don't care what people think or whatever. It bothered me that, like, people didn't get on or I didn't feel like they got on board with me but within a year they're all coming around to like dude because they see me it's social media they see you working every day yeah. and they see that you're for real and you got to be empathetic a little bit with people and like think about why do they think that way why are they thinking that way about me oh because 
the majority of real estate agents may or whatever their perception of them is not the best or whatever. So they feel like that about me. It's they shouldn't think that way because I've always been straight up, but they do. So whatever you right. know, you need to learn how to react to that right or either not react, whatever it is, you know. And well, that's to. You know, like, I didn't know you knew anything about real estate when I met you. And I mean, I was friends with you how many years on Folly um, when I was still down there trying to get the, you know, band full-time instead of just occasional gigs, which is what I was doing at that point. I was working restaurants and occasional gigs. And now I'm full-time. But as I was building that, I didn't know you were in the real... I mean, you were selling metal sharks when I met you, um, which was a good hustle. And um, it's... uh, I didn't know anything about it, but when you did, I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Like, I don't care because I get it. Like, people didn't know I played music at all. They were like, oh, you're going to start doing music? And I'm like, I've done music for 25 years. You just only knew me as the bartender. Right. You know, it's like, uh, some of it is, you know, that folks only see, you you see your whole life, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, and they only see. Nobody knew that my. Nobody knew that I was sitting back going a long time ago, going like. You know, it really doesn't matter. Everybody acts like you got to make some big decision in your 20s about what you're going to do. That really doesn't matter. It looks to me like most people try some things. They really go for it. They go in way in debt, and they do a lot of things, and they end up figuring it out in their 30s. So how about I just don't do all the stupid things but kind of do what I want, keep low expenses, and then in my early middle 30s when I think I want to start being more, quote, serious, I think I, gotta, I, think I can ramp it up and hit it hard then instead of all the crap. The right. Getting the DUIs, flipping the cars, divorcing two times, all this other stuff that right. people do in their twenties or whatever. Right. I'll just skip all that, and then I'll hit it hard in my thirties. And but I didn't explain that to everybody. So when I did it, it's like everybody's like, "What married? Oh, I didn't think you believed in marriage." And yeah. I was getting texts and stuff when I once I got engaged, like people saying like they didn't. Uh, what's up with you? I didn't think you believed in the institution of marriage and stuff, you know? And I was like, yeah, I know. I said I don't see a lot of benefit to it sometimes, but I didn't mean I would never do it. I don't Right. I don't see why some people do it. And then they end up, it ends up not working out. They didn't think it through or what. That's yeah. more along the lines of what I meant. But at the end of the day, I think I'm always like to each his own, whatever you want to do, you do it. If you're asking me, do I think y'all through are going to work out? No, but, <laughs> you know, but... But if y'all gonna try it, go ahead and try it. And I hope y'all do, you know? Like, yeah. That's, people took a lot of what, I, I don't know. I realize like, a lot of things that I've said, people didn't really, or a lot of people don't understand the way I think based on what I say or something, you know? I don't well, know. you also gotta, this is the thing, Now I love Folly. Uh, you know, I spent a lot of time down there. That's where we met, you know? Um, I was living just off of Folly and bartending and serving down on Folly for the first you know, four or five years I was here. Um, I've been here almost nine years now. Um, there's more coffee if you want it. Um, I'll grab it. Thank you. All right. The, um, Before you just go. The, um, so, but that, that lifestyle is a bit of, <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, you're laughing already. That lifestyle down there is kind of island vacation party life. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's lighthearted. It's very not serious. You know, the most serious business is bartending down there, you know, like, and a lot of my friends and I, I love them, but they're in that life, you know, and I was in that life for a long time. And when I left to, I, you know, I basically got out of bartending and quit drinking and, 
you know, quit smoking all cigarettes and doing all that stuff because I wanted to, you know, really pursue this. I knew if I was going to be serious about this business, I couldn't be, you right. know, ripping shots all night at drop-in, you know, or, or wherever I, whatever I was doing, you know. Um, and I think a lot of times they, they only knew that part of me. And when you leave, it's like totally confusing and they're only getting bits, you know, because they're in the life, you know, if you live down there, you're living, you know, you understand that's everyone we knew. We're all, we knew we were going to see everybody at surf bar, mm -hmm. whether you were drinking or not, we knew we were going to see you there. And when you stop doing that stuff, when you stop living the folly schedule, mm -hmm. you know, if you're not on a beach or at surf bar, like what, what are you doing? You know? Would you go to West Ashley for the day? You know, like people are confused, you know, because nobody leaves the island either. Right. So, yeah, it was a real, everyone was super, like nobody knew because they're only getting snippets of you down there. Yeah. And that's, like, a lot I mean, of them are drunk. So some of them are missing, <laughs> even if you do tell them, they're only getting bits. How many have been up here to hang out with you in None. Park Circle? <laughs> not a one. You, you're the only right. one. Right. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking about that though, but the ones that you met that actually, well, I don't say they actually cared about you, but like, there's some people that, like I noticed you're taking it to the next level and you're pushing it and you're more, quote, successful than you were when you were doing open mic at Chico or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, you know, some people notice what you're doing. And so you get people, too, that are like, dude, you got to get some people that see you out downtown or something. Like, dude, I like it. Like, you're killing it now or yeah. whatever. Like, do you get that? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I mean, people's that there were some people that were weird, but then some of those same ones came back around and was like, dude, you're crushing it. I didn't know you were like going to go for it. Like, you know, like it looks, are you, are you killing it? Or some people are trying to figure out like, are yeah. you rich now or are you what? And I'm like, does no, just, not yet. Does but, it just look like you're rich in real estate or is it? I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm, yeah. I'm not yet, but I am, I'm picking up some momentum. Yeah. That's right. what, yeah. I, here's the thing. And the folly people, I just get that lifestyle. Like when I lived on folly or right off of folly, I wasn't, you couldn't have paid me to come up to Park Circle. I know. It, it wasn't anything for me. It's too far. I didn't need anything past the teeter on Folly Road, you know? Like, right. So, you know, unless you go to TJ Maxx once every three months in West Ashley, like, that's the farthest I ever went anywhere, you know? Right. Um, I moved up here because, you know, you can, it's a little cheaper. I can have enough space. You know, I couldn't have, heck, you can't get more than a bedroom in Folly Beach for a reasonable price. So you couldn't have set this up and done any real work musically. Right. Um, and I, I've had I've I've kept in touch with people. There was a lot of people in Folly who really did care about me and still do care about me, and who are totally on my side, mm -hmm. and they are totally cheering me on. If nothing else, then for the occasional surf bar show I do, you know, um, some people, you know, they are just what they are. But some of those people uh, really are in my camp, but they don't come up. They're not part of this life now. And they they th some people thought I moved like left town. Right. Moved. Not just moved to North Charleston, you know. Mm -hmm. Um which is funny, but you know, like they're all gonna those... be moving off folly in the next couple of years. I don't know why they're everybody acts like they own it forever or whatever. Yeah, you know, we're all gonna get pushed off. Yeah, for sure. Or that you better be making some real estate money to buy right. a place. Right. I'll buy us a hostel. Yeah. There. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> well stay. Sweet. The uh yeah, it's funny. Coffee. Yeah, man. We'll both, we'll both get some more coffee right. here. We actually, you can just bring uh, the silver thermos when you after you get your refill. See what I'm talking about? That's thermos? Yeah, yeah. I got some left in there. All right. Well, it's already got honey in it. Cool. Um, the, um, Speaking of folly people. Thank you. Speaking of folly people, I texted Olivia the other day. 
Oh, she's also right. moved on. She's not pretty ex-father person now. Yeah, that's uh, what she's called Minnesota. Yeah, I texted her the other day. Like cold weather. I randomly texted her the other day and was like, "Do you like being called African American?" <laughs> and I asked, I was like, I texted Olivia this, and she's like, "Why did you text her that?" And I was like, "Because I think it's weird that people see someone in real estate. This is where I've noticed it. Several agents lately." have thrown out that word when I thought like, why did you say African-American? I, I met with an, there was an African-American guy outside or something, you know, and I was like, why Why are people saying that? Because someone, just because they're black, they're calling them that. And I was like, and I texted Olivia before she even answered and said, just because of the color of your skin, like you could be from Jamaica. Like, why do right. we call people African-American? I mean, and Chief texted me back and was like, you're exactly right. It's because people are afraid to say black. <laughs> yeah, which is funny because it's like, I never hear, you know, like, so part of my work changed since Folly. You know, between Bev, you're working, you're always working with, you know, a mixed bag of folks. You're working with, you know, uh, a lot of times, you know, black dudes in, in the kitchen, um, you're dealing with, you know, random 21 year old white girl serving, mm -hmm. you know, like there's a grown man who's a manager, you know, like it's a different every time it's different. There's a Mexican dishwasher, there's a whatever, you know, it's a mix. Um, but you don't necessarily, you know, you get that mixed bag. But now that I'm doing music, I, it's way more concentrated of like, I'm usually like, I don't make a dollar without a black person on stage. Right. Like, literally, like, in my band, like, my drummer's black, you know what I mean? Every time I do a wedding, sometimes I'm the only white guy, you know? It's me right. and all black people. So, I've got a lot more comfortable, I guess, in that environment and also thinking about it. And the more I'm doing it, where, where I'm kind of the minority, you know, like, when I was on Fall, I had more white friends than black friends. Now that I'm doing music, I have more black friends than white friends. Really? Yeah. Because, it, you know, it's just who you're around all the time. Not to right. say I have, like, I didn't lose all my white friends or anything, but it's like, Gangling. I see the black folks more frequently, okay? And I look at it now, as, it, it is kind of ludicrous, because when you're, they're just people to me, they're not African Americans or blacks, they're just, you know, like, that's what you're supposed to say, you know, that's the, yeah, well, the I right like answer. That but, was what I was getting at. People are saying it because they think they're supposed to say that when I'm like, why wouldn't you say that it was like, like, ah. Not a single one of the black folks that I play with, none of them feel weird about being called black yeah, like I, they call themselves black they everyone else calls them like no one's weird about it. like in african americans like what are you like they need the news like why are you talking well, weird and i'm you not know? just I don't, i'm like i don't mean anything by it i'm just no that's what i call silly. people it's people who are worried about that term i think are like in their head they're pretty racist that's what I'm saying. In and they're some trying way, to make sure they don't sound racist. On some subconscious level, what I was getting was, you don't know any Sometimes black. they just you might don't be even know any nice. black people. That's why you're saying that. Yeah, if you knew like, black people, you would just say black. Where I'm like, yeah, like when I grew up with kids or whatever, we didn't go. You know, it was like whatever. You know, Johnny, John, John over there. No, not John, Black John, whatever. And yeah. it didn't, <laughs> you didn't mean anything by that, like. I mean, whatever. Everyone saw it. It's 2009. I knew Olivia everybody's... was going to say she didn't care. No, Olivia's was the cool. point. I was yeah. like, do you like being called that? Or is it kind of weird? Or what? Like, I don't There's know. There's so much weird stuff that right happens now. to black people that I'm more aware of now, too, because I'm always, you know, um, I'm, I'm always around them. So, like, a lot of times, like, there's stuff, too, that's, like, so weird to me. Like, a lot of times I'll be loading in, right? I'm loading into some place for a wedding. And... 
or whatever. And there's a bunch of black people standing around at me. Mm-hmm. And the wedding planner approaches me first. Because you're the white guy. Because I'm the white guy. Yeah. And I look at that and go, yeah, like there's, like in, in the wedding planner's mind, there's no way that a black person's going to be in charge of this band. Oh, it's the one white guy, of course he's in charge. Which is funny because we're all subcontractors, nobody's in charge. You know, like, like right. I might call the tunes, I might MD the night. But, but after it happened 11 times, you were like, yeah, exactly, and it's like it's not like it happened once. And I go, oh, actually, ma'am, it's 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 not. You know, it's her gig or whatever. You right. know, because sometimes I am in charge, kind of. You know, like sometimes right. I'm the band leader, sometimes somebody else is the band leader. Right. But they pretty much always come to me, which is just like to me, it's like, yep, like it's not lynchings anymore. Ah, hey, but there's still some weird shit like that where it's like, yeah, folks don't even. People are saying African American. Some of it's because they're racist and they don't want to sound racist. And some of it's because they really think that's what they're supposed to do. Maybe they aren't racist, but they're like, I'm supposed to say this. But they don't have black people in their life. So yeah. where they see that that's okay, you know. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm no expert on black anything, but it's just Me one neither. of those things I notice, you know, and go, why? Just be normal to these people. You know what's weirder than being racist? Being weird about it. Like, just, be, they want to be normal. Like, let them be normal. Right. You be normal. <laughs> Everybody freaking be normal, please. Well, my kind of theory is no matter what's happened in the past, good, bad, whatever, I think there's some value to everybody just being human moving forward. Yeah. That's what I think. I think that takes care of all the crap, like, sooner than later. Even if you believe this or that, I think sooner than later it helps by us just genuinely, not just faking it, but actually believing that everybody's just another human being, which... The more types of people you're around, the more cultures you're around, it helps you to understand. Like, that's why I like traveling. I go to get all the way down to Brazil, and you're sitting in a... I'm eating with my buddy's mom, frying chicken and cooking and rice and beans, and I'm, and I'm like, everybody's... This is, like, what everybody does. I'm across the... I'm in right. a different hemisphere, and, like, I'm dropping off laundry at this 40-year-old guy's mom. This is like being in the South pretty much. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the same thing. Y'all like Brazilians get coddled too much like boys in the South, I guess. Right. <laughs> like, like, I mean, Brazilian mamas stay cooking. Well, that's... It's funny because I, I, I talk a lot about this, but it's true. You know, I, I grew up in the middle of nowhere and there weren't any blacks. You know, middle of nowhere, Ohio, right? So that's in, in the country. Hmm? Denver's the name of your town? What is it? Dover? Dover. 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 Yeah, Dover, Ohio. There's no blacks. I mean, there's like two black families, three black mm-hmm. families, maybe, you know. Um, and so, if people are pretty ignorant of it, I totally grew up racist. Like, yeah. didn't know any better. Why would I have? There was no blacks, you know. Mm-hmm. It was like, I was funny because I was like friendly with a couple of black girls that were in my class. You know, they were great. Honestly, we were friends. But it was in, in my head, it was like, yeah, these two are cool, but the rest of them, All right. they're going to rob you and steal you, you know, stuff and you know, stab you and take your car and rape your mom and every... Because of what? You think TV or what? TV and ignorance, Mm -hmm. you know, and also a lot of people up there, you know, like racism isn't just in the South, (laughs) you know, like, like the stereotype is that Southerners are racist and it's like, yep, some of them probably are, uh, you know, and historically, certainly, but... So people are. Yeah, totally. But it's also, um you guys are down here are way less like in, in my mind 
a lot of times less racist because you are exposed to more black folks. Um, it's a lot more mixed down here. It's way more normalized for blacks and whites to be together than it is in Ohio because it's just so separated, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and it's like, you know, I, I definitely grew up racist and, and it wasn't like, you know, it was, it was just because I didn't know any better, right. you know? It's like some people were racist and they didn't know any better. You weren't a member of some organization or something. You just, no. You mean in your mind that you thought differently about people based on color. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, like what else was a kid supposed to do? There weren't black people. So there wasn't any kind of reference. It was just like TV tells you to be afraid of them. There's you're also these... a kid. So when you're a kid... You're stupid. Yeah. When you're a kid, you don't know. You just... Obviously, someone wasn't influencing you enough to not be that at that right. age. Or not pushing you to not be that so you don't know. You just kind of go with whatever it feels like. Once you're an adult, you don't have an excuse anymore. Well, this is one of those things. So I, I tell, this is, you know, like, I tell my black friends, and they all know this. It's not like I tell them every day, but it's like, we. I've had this conversation with everyone. It's like, I grew up racist. I totally had all these freaking, you know, just messed up views on this. Mm-hmm. And every single one of them, every time, I'm not kidding you, I've talked about this with somebody. They've been like, thank you for being honest. Like, because that's like a real... Right. They can deal with that and prefer that. Of Oh, you used to be real freaking racist, and yeah. then you, like, learn that it's, like, stupid? Cool. Yeah. Like, they don't care that I used to be that way. You know? I used to be kind of actively racist. Just, like, you're not, like, going around beating up on people or anything, but, like, it wasn't just, hmm, maybe they'll do stuff. It was, like, I would actively avoid black people. Right. Which is, you know, I don't feel shameful about now because I learned. If I was then, I would have, like, probably never said it, you know? But... My black friends will say the same shit um, that, to me, would just be like, yeah, thanks for being normal about it. This is better than somebody pretending they weren't or pretending they aren't, you know? Um, I think I've just always been intrigued by different people, period, from other... Like, me and my brother had a a neighbor to my grandparents, a black family, and we were friends with this kid, Evander. And Great name, Evander. They were different... He ended up dying while we were kids. It was crazy. Oh, man. He, and, but, like, he, his family was different culturally than what I was used to. Like, I'd get, it was just right. funny going into their house and the things they would do and say it was different. And the, the things I heard them talking about politically were different than what I was hearing. And But I've always been intrigued, you know, like, intrigued by different things. I mean, I know one time she was a nice girl. There were other qualities. But the fact that she was from up north was just different to me. Yeah, and it made me want to date her just to see something different, you know. Like right. I'm just, I'm just naturally, I get bored with like, yeah, I already know. I, I love South Carolina and our culture and all. It's all cool, whatever. But of it's course. circumstantial that I'm here. I didn't do anything to earn it, so I just like learning different cultures, and yeah. that's a different one. I do now, right? I think when I was younger, oh, I the, just didn't wasn't aware, didn't care, you know. I definitely had. I, I don't until you just said it. I wouldn't think, yeah, I was racist as a kid, but probably I was based on what was older generations around me and what they were saying and charity stuff. My grandparents? Yeah. You know, like, my grandpa used to change the channel if there was a black person on television. (laughs) Like, which is just, like, classic old redneck stuff. But it's like... But, it, you know, which is just like... Right. But that's what I grew up with, you know? And they would make these horrible comments, you know, and, you know, like... You know, like I one, you know, they just made sure I wasn't going to date any black people. They made sure I wasn't like you can be friendly to, but not friends with. Right. 
you know, but like the most I was kind of socially allowed to be interacting with blacks was like, yeah, you can be like, just, just be friendly enough to not be racist yeah. outwardly. Like you totally stay racist, but, but right. like, don't, don't let, be a jerk. you know, yeah, just, yeah, don't be a jerk about it. <laughs> you can think you're better cause you are in their head. You know, it's like, it's like, what the, f you know, like yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. crazy, but, yeah. um, yeah, it's the older generation. What do you hear out of that? And that like, even then you think about the early nineties when I, when I, you know, I was born in 82, right? So early, mid-90s, I'm starting to be a little more cognizant as a human. What am I seeing in the early 90s? Cops. Gangster Dude, rap. cops was crazy. Cops is like... When you look at cops, it was literally just busting, going in, like, low-income communities and busting yeah, crack just, dealers. Yeah, that's yeah. all cops that's was. That's all cops was. Yeah. And they're one, you know, occasionally they throw a redneck in there getting arrested. <laughs> Just yeah. so because he was buying crack from he, that neighborhood. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Um, Teach you not to hang around. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's why we don't hang around blacks. You know, like <laughs> get you hooked on crack. It's just crazy stuff. It's just not real. You know. Yeah. yeah. And there's I don't know. It's just I started being aware of stuff, and I think I might, I started putting some stuff together. Like okay, gangster rap. We all loved it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny, it's like you have a bunch of white kids in the middle of nowhere in Ohio Love loving it. gangster rap, loving Snoop Dogg, loving everything MTV put out, everything BET put out, right? Which was like almost, that was rebellious if you were watching BET. Mm -hmm. um, and yet no one wants, like, we like the music, but we don't want to, like, we're not going to hang out with black people, though. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> which is so weird, like... Like, but that's, you know, it's that subtext. No one said that. No well, one said like, that. like, redneck-looking guy, jacked-up truck that should, by all rights, the way he looks, you would think that, and the stickers on his truck. He that should be blasting Luke Bryan. Right, but he's, but it's, he's bumping around. Yeah. And you're like, well. <laughs> well, it's because, basically, I think that in these kind of more rural areas, which I don't view Charleston as rural. Um, no. Where I'm from is... A little more rural. It's really a small town in the middle of a bunch of rural stuff. So it's more of a novelty. They view blacks as like a, from a safe distance as a fun novelty, which now that I'm actually have black friends, I'm like, yeah, that's really messed up, man. Yeah. But because I think they have a lot to offer in a lot of ways that just like you miss out on if you're thinking that way. Yeah, it's but, a different, it's a, there are some cultural differences and things just based on different at the end of the day, we were separated, I feel like, at one point. Yeah. So there, we are different sometimes. Well, there we're becoming more the same people and more, everybody's mixing more now. And be, uh, honestly, and I really, it's funny because people will, I'll talk to folks from Ohio that will say, oh, you're in the South, everybody's just really racist there. And I was like, actually, no. Like, no, like, not really, man. Um, and there's a lot of negative repercussions I see as a result of having been, you know, Charleston, 60% of all the slaves that ever came into the States came through Charleston, mm -hmm. through that downtown port, man. Right. Um, and so that's real. But because of that, you have so many blacks here. There's, there are negative repercussions from that that still linger. You know, basically cultural setbacks, that kind of stuff, where they're still right, but working. but there's commingling because of that. Way more commingling. Yeah. And this is the thing that I tell them. It's like, I became less racist in Charleston. Sure. Because I'm around way more black people. Like, and I was like, oh, and, and I still think my argument is like, if you're racist, that's because you don't have any real black friends. Right. You never kissed a black girl. You know what I mean? Like, and if you had, oops, hit my symbol. Uh, 
you would get it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and it's like, I didn't get it, but I get it now. You know, it's like whatever you learn. And it's, you know, I don't know how we got off on this tangent, but. It was because I wanted to talk about Olivia and the real legit folly people. Oh, yeah. And see, like, Olivia is one that's reached out. Yeah, she was. And there's a lot of legit folly people, and there's a lot of people that will never be out of the bottle long enough to pay attention to anything real. And it's not just folly. It's any. It's Charleston. It's any town, any bubble, anything. There's but the ability like to more than human interaction, and I, you know, I get it. But the people who can go and do different things in different places and still kind of be connected. I don't know. I think that's cool. There's some value. There. Well, you know, she's one, and this started because you know, she's one that reached out and said, you know, hey, album cover looks dope. Heard the track, sounds great. Can't wait to, you know, like thank you. Yeah, you're like a real human, Person, and like yeah. you know, you know, Dustin, Dustin um, and he's slowly. doing, yeah, yeah, slowly. He's doing uh, merch for me. Okay. Uh, the, at the album release on, on Friday, January the 10th. He's a merch uh, guy. He is a merch guy. And he's good at it. He could sell ice cubes to Eskimos, man. Um, it's the accent. What's that? It's the accent. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The, the um, he, uh... Report builder. He totally. <laughs> no Totally. Um, I've been talking to people for about 30 seconds before, and they're like, well, you seem like a trustworthy guy. <laughs> like, that's, what, that's, one of the, that's one of my... Sign here. <laughs> I, I think I need to put on my... My best southern accent impression sometimes when I talk to people because they hear that, you know, obviously I'm not from here, yeah, so... Yeah. Um, you don't have much of an accent at all, though. It's just... Well, sometimes because it's plain, like, mm-hmm. a lot of times... They call Ohio that that is, like, the standard for English, um, like, accent. It's the most neutral mm-hmm. of all the accents. Like, of wherever you are in the States, Ohio is, like, if you're a diction person, if you're a diction expert or whatever, that is... All right how it's pronounced you know like if you were from Ohio that's how you talk that's how America talks yeah. and then everything else is a variation on that now I didn't make that up that's just no, it makes what I, sense. you know it's the it's the most normalized version of how you say stuff and right. when I say it that way I always get the where you're from and then if they're you know especially the anti-Ohio folks immediately shut down they don't care if they liked my band before I said a word you know and then it's like I say something and they just it's it's done for. Sometimes I wish I had a real nice thick southern accent. Got to be a little more nah. credible. <laughs> I mean, it, I think I I think it matters, but then I also think it I think it doesn't matter. I think it's one of those things, just like the clothes or whatever. I think at the end of the day, if you're comfortable and stuff like that, that comes across way more. Yeah. When people know you're for real, that something about that, there's some value to that that beats anything else. But I do think that. You know, looking a certain way, sounding a certain way. There's just everybody judges. Well, this and, is something that Dustin and I were talking about because Dustin, you know, he works downtown, but he lives on Folly too, and right. he does, you know, the, I think he does the, the the chair rental down on the beach, and he also he works up a coast. You know, so he's, for Jacob, I think. Yeah. yeah, he's in both places, so he's one of those that gets off the island. He's been real supportive and been same way. One of the things he and I talk because he's a southerner as well, and um, he's Somerville, right? And he's from somewhere else? Mm, I don't believe so. I think he's from somewhere upstate, but I honestly don't recall. Um, I think he's from there. It's, I think it's a small town. I don't think it's Somerville. Um, but I could be wrong. Um, but he and I talk a lot of times because I think it's better to be real and to be from Ohio than yeah. it is to be fake and put on some country dumb, you know what I mean? Like big, thick put on accent you know and it's like 
it would sound phony. You know? There's actually quite a few country singers that have come out of Ohio. Yeah, there's a lot of... Dwight Yoakam's from Ohio. <laughs> Damn right. Uh, Joe Walsh is from Ohio. He's not country, but he's awesome. But there's people like... Out here, I'm like, I wonder where that person's from. And I look it up, you know, or whatever. And I'm like, oh, they're from... They're Here's the other thing. There's a lot of rednecks in Ohio. There's a right, thick right, country right. accent in Ohio. If you go out in the country, but that... People, I know. That is like... People down here think that everything north of the Mason-Dixon is Manhattan. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. And I it's know. not the case. Even New York. When I meet people from New York, I'm like, oh, what are you from, like, upstate or what part? You know, and they're like, yeah, oh... They're shocked that you don't think they're from Manhattan. I'm like, well, yeah. there's some things, you know, you don't sound like people from... You can hear somebody from Long Island, and you're like, oh, yeah, this guy. Yeah, for sure. Know he's from Long Island or whatever. You can tell their pace that they're from the city, and they're wearing all black, and they're all business yeah. and all that. You if know, you're from the Finger Lakes, you yeah. might as well be from... It's different, yeah. Yeah. But if you've never Sanford been anywhere... or something, you know what I mean? Like, your your country, you if, know? If like, you've never been anywhere and kind of paid attention to that, you just don't know it. And people in the South... To tend to not go as many places or whatever because of weather or whatever they just don't travel I don't know a lot of people a lot of us haven't been to Ohio a no, lot of Ohioans have been here 90, 98% of you haven't been to Ohio right. <laughs> but well and it's like beautiful weather here why would you uh, you know Ohio's not necessarily a vacation destination because it's cold six months out of the year you know but that scenario it's like 18 that, degrees right now there that metaphor or whatever it would be is even worse about Charleston because Charleston's so desirable that you can ask somebody from Charleston like they have no idea my town Greenwood yeah they're like why where, where's that at because they've never been out of Charleston in South Carolina they have you yeah know, they go on vacation to somewhere maybe to Mexico it's or another something. country yeah but they not. don't go to yeah well, why would I go to Greenville you know they're not you talk about going to New York City and they're like I would never go to New York Right, like they're mad about the Yankees. They're mad about how fast it is, and you know, and they don't—they don't even know. Never been there. because they've never been, but they've heard. That's one of those things, you know, that I have. I guess my, um, my heart kind of goes, oh, please, like for yourself. Yeah. There's so many Charlestonians that I listen. I, I get if you feel that, and that's the you know you know I talked about this. I get that folks here feel like their town has changed so much and it's kind of being overrun by folks that aren't from here. And it's right. because they've won this award and that award and most desirable city, blah, 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 blah. Condé Nast, you know, Arts and Leisure, whatever the heck, give them an award. Now it's full of people from other places. So they kind of get that little, I'm angry about other places thing. And I'm like, man, there's just like, you've got to know that there's, like Charleston's dope. It's great music. There's great food. It's beautiful. Great weather. We're like, mostly friendly. People are mostly friendly here. Um, it's pretty like it's not crazy, crazy expensive, but it's kind of expensive. But it's not. It's not bad. But like, there's a lot of places in the world that are awesome that you would really enjoy if you just tried it. Mm-hmm. And it's like they just don't. Even if you didn't enjoy it. This is still here when you get back. I mean, well, that's the whole thing is go for it just for the experience. But you know, I talk about New York with some people. My brother lives up in New York City. Well, uh-huh. now he's in Connecticut, which is like an hour yeah, away or something. It's like commute. Yeah, totally. And it's like it's amazing. It's Connecticut? like a, Connecticut. Connecticut. Connecticut is beautiful, actually. But yeah, yeah. it's like New York City is a, like a spectacle to behold. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's crazy. And uh, the same Ohio is beautiful Ohio looks like the Shire you know uh, Lord of the Rings yeah where the hobbits live not really uh, 
if you watch it sometime. I'll ask my wife about it. She'll know about it. <laughs> she knows about Lord of the Rings, and, and I, get, I came in and this week, and she's watching Harry Potter and stuff. Yeah. And like, stuff I don't watch, but... Well, that's all right. You don't have to watch the Lord of the Rings yeah. to get what I'm saying. The Shire is where the hobbits live. It's not a nasty place. It's beautiful. It looks like springtime. There's little grassy hills and little plants right. and all these happy hobbits running around. Ohio, for six months out of the year, looks like the Shire. Just amazing. I can add to word. So, Ohio looks like the Shire for six months out of the year. It is beautiful. Beautiful. Like, low of 65, high of 85 for six months. People in Charleston would kill for that because some of this days is too hot to even go outside. Mm -hmm. Some of y'all, if you had air conditioner broke, you would hate this state. Mm -hmm. Without AC, y'all would not enjoy Charleston. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, and that's, I stand behind that. And then six months out of the year, Ohio is cold. I mean, it's almost Canada. It's an hour and a half, where I live is an hour and a half from Canada. So, it's, you know, like my mother, 67, shovels snow in 20 degree weather. Do you know what I mean? for six months out of the year yeah, it's, it's, like, it's heavy but it's beautiful it's you should go there and see it yeah, it's, oh, it's tough that's what people you know how people are real like if you make it there you can make it freaking anywhere honestly yeah. because it's it's harsh um, but for that other six months like go to Ohio in July and tell me you're mad about it I've been to Ohio in July well I know you you have but some of these once so yeah, and wasn't it nice? I was a little bit mad because it was cold yeah, yeah <laughs> I, mean, I, got, I got in the swimming pool it was freezing cold I was like it's going up here. It's, it was funny in July. It probably was like they were probably sweating. No, it was. It, it did. It did. I was with an Ohio guy, and he was like, "It's not normally this cool." I'm telling you, man. Like it, you don't normally have like get dipping down in the fifties at night and stuff. But it no. got. It was like crazy cold. He was like, "I'm telling you, it's it gets hundred degrees here." Like, yeah. and I know it. It's never been hundred degrees there, but it, it, it'll it'll be like well, uh, probably with the probably with the ninety six yeah top with. I mean, like August '96 with the heat index, maybe 100. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, it ain't 120, which we get down here. Mm -hmm. um, but it's it's just so much cool stuff and cool places in the world that I wish some of the Charleston folks would be, like for themselves would go experience it. Like, you need to experience the food in New York. You think the food here is great? It's like it is good. Yeah, but there's just more of you've never choices. you've never had a steak. Right. Even if you've been to Oak or you've been to Halls, you haven't. You can get a good steak here, but it'll cost you sixty, seventy bucks. You can go to Ohio and get that same quality of steak for about eleven bucks, and you'll know that cow's name. Yeah, that's cow country. It's the same reason you come down here. If you're in Ohio, you shouldn't eat a bite of shrimp or oysters ever. Mm -hmm. You're here. You should be eating shrimp and oysters. You know, because this is the best you're gonna have it. Uh, and it, it'll be cheap here. Mm -hmm. You get shrimp and oysters up there; it's crazy expensive. Yeah, and you know it's like, go have a steak in Ohio. It'll be eleven bucks. It'll blow your mind. That's steak and potato country. Place, yeah. You know, um, and now, in New York though, you can get any food you want. Anything in the world in New York City. Ethiopian. You want ramen bowls. You want whatever. You can find a place that's whatever that's got a long line to wait of any of those choices. Like that, you know. And it's just, to me, I always thought it was fascinating. It's like, um, it's like Mario World, like because of the subways and stuff. Like, oh, does Charleston traffic get on your nerves? Imagine an entire city mm -hmm. where you don't have to drive and you can just hop on a train and you go down a tube and you pop up in a whole other world mm -hmm. out of that tube. It's like Mario when you go down the pipe and then all of a sudden you're in the Iceland. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
Like, that's how I feel. You know, go from 42nd Street to, you know, north side of Harlem, over to Brooklyn, Williamsburg, and then you go, you know, yeah, where... You listen to your iPod, whatever. Dude, you know how much time you sit and play with your phone, or you're mm-hmm. sitting in traffic here for 30 minutes? You're driving from here to where you were just at, what, 40 minutes take you to get from Folly here? Uh, yeah, maybe. You could have done that same distance in 20 minutes. And I had to drive. And play with your phone the whole time. And it would cost you a dollar. No, I wish... That's one thing where, that's the one of the things that's bad about the South Charleston, whatever. It's not a, we don't have any kind of metric, like any one that matters. Thank God they're finally looking at doing that big speed rail from Somerville. That'd be really cool. That would free up 26 a lot. I mean, how awesome would that be? (laughs) You just like, people might actually would go to Somerville from like, other parts of town, like let's go. People there, don't check go anywhere place. on twenty six between four and six yeah. because it's sitting still. Oh, box. you're sitting. Yeah, you're sitting still. And I still say this, man. And people, you know, they don't want to clutter up Charleston skyline with monorails and stuff. And I'm like, well, first of all, like that's cool. I get that, but like you can make a monorail look cool. Number one. Number two, no one's gonna care when you can get from Folly to downtown in eight minutes when you can get to you know from folly to somerville with one changeover in 20 minutes because you're just zipping and there's no traffic like people have this misconception that the south is like stupid the south is disorganized the south doesn't care about progress and i don't think any of that's true i think there's some stuff that the south does like to not change unless it has to the South does like a lot of traditional values, which is like Charleston's beautiful. Let's not clear that up. But I'm like, we can split the difference there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keep it Southern. Hide the monorail a little lower. Whatever. Make it a fat sidewalk. You know, extend the whatever. Okay, yeah, you. It's gonna, gonna happen one day. It's you gonna. Know. You're gonna need to have it happen. Mm-hmm. And just because of the growth, and the South does like money. Every place likes money. Mm-hmm. So. You like the people coming in, you like that commerce, you're going to have to put in some kind of transportation. And then the top gripe in this town is traffic. And when you can eliminate that, what's stopping you as a city? There's nothing negative. That is the one thing that people complain about, which I still don't think is that bad. I mean, yeah, it stops, but it still ain't. If you've ever driven in Houston or Atlanta or D.C. Driving Boston. Driving Boston Boston at 5 o'clock. Yeah. You ain't doing it. No, and, and it's all roundabouts. By How the much way. is your parking like, space going to cost? I mean... Dude, the parking space in New York for like... I mean, it's, it's hilarious. I know, it would cost somebody's rent here for the year. More. Yeah, More than somebody's rent. Yeah, way. Double somebody's rent yeah. to park your car every day, you know? It's insane. Yeah. And People don't think about how many... There's... Well, there's... Because only 20 years ago... Yeah. You could drive, and you'd be the only car on the road half the time, and... You know, there's a lot of a lot of space, a lot of room to run. Before all those Ohioans started getting All these dang Ohioans come down here and clogging it up. Uh, Have you been getting any Ohio threats lately? Uh, uh, physical threats, not recently. Although, uh, I pretty much constantly get BS for being from Ohio. Yeah. Which now is to the point where I just... I stopped going, ah, ha, ha, and pretending to laugh and started, started, started going, yeah, whatever. You know, say that in the mic, you yeah, know? Yeah. Uh, and the uh, but yeah it's people get crazy about that well and that's I think that's no like all what we were talking about earlier about 
not being around certain people. It's the same thing. It's just a tribe thing. Yeah, and that we're same color, but we're we sound different. You're from a different place. You're not in my tribe. Yeah, Charleston's convinced. And the tribalism thing is, it's funny because in Ohio, like everyone's on your team, or like you, everyone's either nice or they don't talk. Because the other, it's all blue collar. There's no old blue blood money. There's no old sugar slave tea money up in Ohio. Like there's nobody with money. The most money people get is like, what do you yeah. make, three hundred grand a year? Like, yeah, and that's peanuts compared to what's down here. Um, so everybody's blue collar. Everyone will knock you out. Like it's not that they're violent. They're just like all working class people, and everyone's really respectful. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, it's pretty real consequences you know and it's because of the winter because it used to be in Ohio if you weren't nice and you didn't have a team you did not live through the winter Mm. like you literally die because of the winter so everyone's nice they all work together you know and and it's a work for us you know it's no big deal but you know um, that's a whole like so there isn't the tribalism because everybody has to work together or we all freaking die you know like now of course there's heating and stuff like that so it's right. not like but that still stays you know um and down here they're convinced that it's the traffic is our fault I'm well like, there was no tribalism unless you were a different color and then there was tribalism yeah so it's it that's what I'm saying there's it's something in people that I'll, I don't know well you know what's funny is that we have a tendency toward that <laughs> totally, as people, it's not just the South or even just me and you. you know, even if we're actively not trying to do that, there's something in people that it's like now we have to outsmart us, outsmart that because it's not helping us survive anymore. No, it's not a it's not a survival. Maybe at thing. one point, yeah, we're this tribe, you're that tribe. Stay with our people because they try to kill us, whatever. I mean, but now, it, we, I think we've gone beyond that. Like we have the things that keep us alive, the food and all that stuff's easier to come by. We don't have to hunt a buffalo, run them off a cliff. Right. Whatever, we can just eat. And now it would be more beneficial for us to stop the driving and like. Well, it's been thing. that way for a long time. Teaming up with folks isn't an issue. Tribalism, in and of itself, is not the issue. It's choosing your tribe based on color, location, yeah. sex. Like, I totally want my tribe. I want my team of my friend here who's white, my friend Olivia who's black, my friend. Uh, Jesse, who's gay? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's a good point. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I still want my tribe of my people. Tribe. I want us to succeed. Creating it based on trust, similar based goals, on what whatever. you do, what you say, who you are, not what you look like, not where, where we're not because you're from circumstantial things. Yeah, because you're from because of circumstantial. Yes, I see what you're saying. Not because you're black, not because you're whatever, not because you know you're not, you're another white guy. Like, there's a comedian that has a skit about this, and he's talking about like. If you, if you like, he's talking about being in public and there's like a black dude and some white guy calls him the N word, right? All the other black people in the room, even if they don't know that guy, go, like, mm-hmm. turn their heads, it's about to go down, they're going to help that guy. Mm-hmm. Somebody calls a white guy a name or beating up on a white guy, like, whole room white guys is looking at me like, I don't know that guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we don't care. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Do what you want with him. What do you do? You know? Uh, we're not that, you know, like, we're not that way with each other. Yeah. So why wouldn't, you know, like, we're obviously not that tribal based on race. We're just doing it to keep other races out, which right. is so weird. That's right. You know? But creating the one that's to your advantage and to everybody's advantage. I've actually been, I just read a book called Tribe of Millionaires that 
it's not really that even that much about the millionaire part, but that's the, I guess that was a catchy title that would get people. Uh, yeah. But anyways, uh, Gooder. it was mostly about talking about getting, you know, you, you become the sum of the people, you know, one of those type of things that you hang out with, you know, and creating your tribe and people to give you, to hold you accountable for what you're trying to do, you know, give you feedback on what you're doing. You like me telling you my goals and then telling you I want to do this by then and then us talking monthly or whatever our way of staying on top of it. Like we should be using that to our advantage. Right. And creating, you know, like I need some people in the real estate world. I need a mentors ahead of me who've already done it to talk to whatever, you know, ever, whatever you're trying to right. achieve, you know I mean? And how that can actually help you. I mean, there's an influence effect. I mean, other people that are doing whatever people are doing, you're influenced by it, whether you think it or not, whether you're prone to doing what other people say or easily swayed. There's some influence there. Right. Always content you're watching, everything. I mean, and that's, yeah, I don't think tribalism, in of itself, like I said, I don't think it's bad. I mm-hmm. think it's kind of natural. Mm-hmm. But, you know, because, like, I don't want, just because you're, like, I don't want no tribe because I want a team. Right. Um, I also don't want someone on my team just because they're white or close proximity because or just cause I've known a, a lot of close proximity. Yeah, or a good musician. I've known a lot of musicians who I worked with who were white, who were close to me, who sucked and were assholes. Yeah. I don't want that guy on my team. Like, I want my team to be this one, that one, and that one, you know? Um, I'm, you know, I want the guy that comes on time. I want the guy that, you know, is always been kind, who talks to fans, right? Who plays as good as he can. You know, I don't care how good you are. I care that you are doing your best work. You know what I mean? Like, I'll take your, I'll take somebody whose best work is an eight. Right. Who shows up on time. Who's a good trying human, his best, all that stuff. Who, who, yeah, who does all the right things. Way, I'd rather have that guy all day long than a guy who plays at a ten, who shows up late, who doesn't care about the project long term. You know, like thinks you owe him something, thinks you owe him himself, something. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Thinks he's doing you a favor, right? And it's like, yeah, no thanks, man. I don't need that. Um, no, I. Which is what bothers me about the Ohio thing. I'm totally interrupting you. I'm sorry. What were you going to say? Go ahead, Ohio. What, sorry. Very Ohio of me to interrupt you. Um, the, uh, <laughs> uh, what bothers me about the Ohio thing is because I like, I like a lot of these people down here. I like the Charlestonians. I like what you've done with the place. You know, like, if I didn't like it here, yeah, you wouldn't be. I wouldn't be here. So sorry you're so awesome. Mm-hmm. Is what I've been saying to people. Like they mess because they always mess with me from Ohio, and when, especially the ones that want to fight me. I say, "I'm sorry, you're so cool." Like that's why I'm here is because you guys have a cool spot. When they try to keep me out of that group, I'm going, ah, like because you're awesome. You know, you could have this could have been cool. Mm-hmm. You know, I could have helped you. You don't know because you're keeping like I'm a good teammate. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and like I could have helped you, and I do believe you could have helped me, but because of this weird, stupid divide. About literally, because I'm a northern, I'm the first state over the line, and you're mad that your blacks got just past that line, you know, or whatever, whatever the heck the thing is, you know. And it's like, dude, I wasn't in the war. Mm-hmm. I don't have anyone that's a civil war. Well, nobody here was. And that's what I'm saying. So, like, why are we still holding on to this shit? It's so stupid. Right, we to gotta me. think of like what's your. You gotta come up with like a script, stock response, 
that you're just going to go to so that no I'm matter what type, no matter what you're, or this is just what I'm thinking out loud, no matter what kind of day you're having or what time of night it is or how the person says it, when it's an anti-Ohio statement, whether they're just joking or they're just being a drunk idiot, you need kind of, a, I think, a stock response that you go to that's going to benefit you in the long run. Yeah. Like diffuse it, deflect it, maybe even make them rethink what they said. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where you just say that every time and don't. Because if you had a bad day or you're tired or whatever, and that you're more likely to say, say it into the mic or whatever yeah, you're saying, yeah, like yeah. make a fist or whatever. End of the day, that's not really going to help you or whatever. No, like, and I, I really don't. But also doesn't make you feel like you're compromising like in just being a wuss. Yeah. I, I never do that. I know, but uh, if you're thinking it. That's but that's in my head. That's totally the thing because I'm so tired of getting messed with. Mm-hmm. But what I, I I thought about this actually, what you're saying about handing out like a card, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, they used to sell, not sell, they'd give you when you were in school these little Miranda rights cards. Mm-hmm. So you take a business card and had your Miranda rights. So you knew what your rights were when they were trying to teach you this in high school. Mm-hmm. I want to get one of these that gives you like if you actually are if you're kidding, cool, <laughs> you know. Yeah. If you're serious, did you know? list of Ohio facts that are cool, you know, or just yeah, something yeah. stupid that like, I don't know. It's nine out of 10 times it's diffused because well, number one, I'm not a fighter. Right. I've been in a million fights. That's why I'm not a fighter. Mm-hmm. Cause I just don't see the benefit in it anymore. Um, and y'all don't fight. Y- y'all will say stuff like they mess with me. Like I told you, I've had 11 people. I, and since I started counting, this is only two years I've been counting. So Five to six people per year have threatened to fight me because I've been from Ohio. Yeah, because they're drunk. And it, yeah, they're drunk in a bar and they're mad about whatever. And none of them have swung on me. And my first instinct at first was, yeah, they're yellow. They don't, they don't got any guts. It's like, yeah, that's also, I don't think necessarily the case, you know. Um, it's To me, it's I think they like to shit talk a little. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that they realize that where I come from, shit-cocking is a fight in 10 out of 10 times. Mm-hmm. Like, if you say something sideways to any Ohioan, that is a fight. And it's not because we're fighty people. We're very respectful people. So when it's not respectful, and when, now that, and the folks that are hearing this are going, yeah, I see the OSU fans getting routed in bars. Like, they're not respectful. They're crazy. And we have our assholes, too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of assholes up there. But um, to us, it's, like, really disrespectful, you know, because I don't come down here and shit talk any of y'all like you know like if, if I do it's in private not to your face you know like I might bitch about oh you guys drive slow or whatever but it's not like I'm picking a fight with you you know which is to me just crazy but I think that's the thing they don't I don't realize. think we have enough data to reverse it though I, I'd want to test it out because I think that overall population if you just started slinging people in there that are different you're going to get some of the same stuff, even if it's Ohio. I don't think we have enough South Carolina people or Alabama people or wherever going to Ohio for us to, and we'll probably never know the difference. You know what no, I mean? and, and that's the thing is, nobody goes up there, so they really don't know. So when that's I what tell I'm them, saying. Yeah, when I tell them that, it's like, which is why I don't swing at these people. I don't fight it. I always diffuse it because I don't want, number one, nine times out of ten, I'm at work. Like, it's I'm at a bar playing the music, and they go, hey, that was great. In the middle, I tell them uh, the first sentence, they can hear I'm not from Ohio, and it just starts this whole like inner tirade. They're just looking for an Ohio guy to shit on, you know. Um, I'm like, if you just knew, it'd be a different story. And I try to, I do the thing, you know. You think people can really tell? I can't. I don't think I can tell you, dude. 
that not, much. Well, you have also been listening to me talk for well, as soon how as many you talk. Years. I know you're not from. I don't think you necessarily sound from South Carolina. No. No. But I would also believe that you were from. If you said a lot of places, I would believe it. But right. Yeah, I think you just. But I pay attention to where people are from, so I kind of know what you're saying about the the neutral accent. Like I already kind of know you sound mid, a little bit Midwest. Yeah, it's Midwestern. Yeah. yeah. What's funny is the the term I get that I think best describes is your country, but not from around here. So it's Kinda a little weird. bit of that southern something, but it's not southern. Do people country. just call you a Yankee sometimes? People a lot, yeah, a lot yeah. of times. I say Yankee all the time, but I don't mean it like. I think pe- people from up north think that's like uh, negative, and it is sometimes. But I say it the same way. I'm just like, guys from up, you know. I don't know. Probably I do. It depends. Like, because I'll even describe if somebody's like. And I'm trying to describe somebody like Leslie or whatever. I'm like, I don't know. He was just kind of like, oh, he's being a Yankee. I don't know. Like, yeah. <laughs> I guess that does mean like he's in a hurry. He was cussing me, whatever. Like, I don't know, just a Yankee. Not a bad guy, but he's just from like well, somewhere else. They're a little harder or something. I don't know how to explain it. And, and the minute you live through 1920, I guess how many winners I do through 28 winners? Right. Do 28 winners. Yeah, you're harder because of winner. And and, t- and tell me you're the same guy, like you won't be. No, I think there's a reason for it. Yeah, I just it's a quick. It's everybody judges and everybody stares. You know what the word we use for you is? What southern? Southern. It's what you are. Yeah. It's not. It's not a derogatory thing we right, add right, to right. it. You know, um, we go you're southerners, which we and we go oh you're you 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 talk slower you drive slower the pace of life is slower, um, you know it's not like. But when you say Yankee, it means you're cussing you, you're too fast. It's all negative, man. So that's what I'm saying. Like, the whole reason there was a civil war well, was because y'all were hating on people for where they were from. But also, I say a lot of <laughs> it's terms. It's still happening. I say a lot of terms. I say a lot of things where, even though, like, I know it's kind of derogatory, I don't really mean it like that. I'm just, yeah. like, joking around. Yeah. Like, you have a lot better sense of it, I think, than some Charlestonians, I, too. I also know that, I, well, I'm not a Charlestonian, I know. first of all. But you are if you live here, but you're not from here. That's why I'm, uh, I think people from other parts of the state are nicer than They totally from. are. But the upstate South Carolinians don't mess with me in the slightest. But there was, like, a guy that I used to work with, or I knew him. I don't think I, no, I didn't work with him. I, was a, I worked at Wall Star for, like, three months, like, seven years ago. But this dude, uh, Dan, that used to work there for a little while, he's from Boston. And I would give him a hard time, like, uh, he'd, like, made a post on Facebook, like, I can't stand these people around here, don't wear shoes, like, what's going on with people in Charleston? He moved down here, and he went to work at Lost Dog, like, from Boston. Like, yeah. straight there on Volley. Culture shock. Yeah, and I, like, made, I posted uh, on his thing one time, and I just put, like, Yankee, period, on there. Yeah. Because... That is what that was. Like, it was, you came from a place where that's not acceptable. You came to Folly Beach, which is flip-flop land. Yeah. And it doesn't seem appropriate to you. Well, I just never thought anything of it. Like, I was just aggravating him. Like, like I was that time about you going back to Ohio, even though yeah. I was just joking. And I ran into him one time <clears throat> when he was in an altered state. And uh, we were out on the east side of Folly. But anyway, we'd been to this party, and he was... Like I said, he was in an altered state, and he would, he was like, man, that thing you said that time about you're right, man. I'm 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 too uptight. It's and it's from being up north. It's cold. It's busy. I didn't mean anything by it, man. When I said that, I was like, dude, I don't care. I never even thought about that. I just, 
it was just like a moment of consciousness, not like or whatever. I was just like, ah, you're saying that because you're from because you're from Boston, and Boston's a hard, cold. At, you know whatever also, it is I've been to Boston I know what it's like it's I mean, a real city yeah. Charleston is not a real city and that's what cracks me up when people are like oh the traffic it's the growth is just on so I'm like you guys have no idea what a real city is I mean that you do not like you probably don't know but like probably go live in one and tell me it's it was probably people like Chi Chi walking in Lost Dog with no shoes on yeah at all and he was tired of throwing people out like yeah he like people are actually trying this we have White Beach they will cause Five, six years ago, you could get away with it. I yeah. mean, like, you could have went on the porch. Now they're saying, like, the heck, this and that. But yeah. you used to get, people used to really did not care. It was like, like the Wild West out there. Yeah, and it's not now, but, uh. Well, that's. Anyway. That's, it's not even just the Boston's cold and that it's busy. It's like, there are so many more people and the money is so much more competitive. Like, you want to survive? You have to be well, on it one hundred percent of the time, or you just won't live. You're not gonna live in Boston. Cold is just one more element of it. Yeah, with a city, because I, I point this out to people all the time when they talk about New York being that way. I'm like, well, you go to Atlanta or you go to like Houston, some of these other places I mentioned. It's a city. It's not a a region. It's all cities have that same. Everybody's got to be in a hurry, competitive over space, and you know. So people in New York City are not really rude. If you ask people in New York City, like. How do I get to a subway? They're going to go, oh, it's right over there. We're trying to go to you. They'll do that. But they're not going to see a confused person like I will because I got time to do it and go, what you looking for, man? On fire. What you trying to find? Uh, Taco Boys right down there. Absolutely. That's that's, just because, well, one, because I just like to help people who are lost in anything or need help. Two, I've got time for it. I don't have to get to, you know, 17th Street up to the top floor and. Stop, you know, compete with everybody in the cubicle or whatever it is, right. you know, like I don't have to. I mean, well, and you've been places to know that, like, that's the thing is when people, because it's how I complain about Ohioans, right? It is not un, not unlike New York. Uh, we're rude, we're in a hurry, we're loud, all this, you know, this stuff. We curse, we're not, you know, uh, mannered, you know, we're blue collar, not this uh, old English style mm-hmm. society, right? Um, Every person in Ohio will help you if you ask them for help. No one, but they're not going to ever offer it because in their head, if you're a grown adult, you'd ask for help. You don't need help or you would ask for it, mm-hmm. you know? And in New York, it's the same thing. Everyone, New York's crazy friendly. And you have to because you're also close proximity, way more close than Ohio, than here. Like, here, somebody thinks you need help knowing to go when it's not your turn. Like, they're waving. Oh, my God. Oh, I need to help this person go and have a wreck. You know? That's <laughs> Dude, that's the only, like, I get driving slow. Like, the more I'm down in the south, I get it. Like, I like the slower pace. But please stop waving people on when it's not their turn. That's how people die. Like, that's how you get wrecks, y'all. You can't be that nice. Yeah. But, yeah, New York is, the, the, all. they will all help you, every single last one of them. And it's crazy. I'm sure there's somebody that wouldn't I say that. Well, I want time. I was in here. Eh, whatever. Nine mm-hmm. times out of ten, they're going to help you, um, but they're not going to do it. Why are they loud? Well, they're used to. Or, they're used to confused tourists. Yeah, it happens every second of every day in totally. New York City. So they're used to you staring at a they're board, to, trying to figure out which thing to get on or whatever you know. Imagine a street filled with five thousand people. Passing at any given point, you're on a sidewalk with 20 30 people that you could just reach out and spit yeah. on. That many people, you're going to talk a little louder because you're talking over 
a bunch of cars, a subway, music at the restaurant, all these people, you're in a real city. You're talking over stuff. And it's like all this stuff is just funny. It's like, no, it's just like if they, if they went up there, they'd know. You know, now that I've been down here, though, I've been down here nine years, and, and people act like I just came down, which is hilarious to me, but it's either way. Right. I get it when I see Yankee stuff. When I see people driving, like, passing way too fast, it's not that, if this was up there, it wouldn't be way too fast. Mm -hmm. But down here, it's like, man, you have never driven with Southern drivers. You should not do that. There's somebody that's going to be going 45 in the left lane up there. And you're going to kill them and yourself. Like, you can't do that. You're being a Yankee. I get it. But also, like, it's just, you know, it's like, it's weird because I've been both places. I've lived in big Ohio cities. I've lived in country Ohio cities. I lived in Charleston down here. I lived in the middle of uh, a suburb of Cincinnati in, in uh, Kentucky called Newport, Kentucky, which is hilarious because the minute you cross that river, it becomes very southern. In Kentucky? Yeah. Really? It's hilarious because Cincinnati is in Ohio on the border, right? You cross the river into Cincinnati or into Kentucky. Kentucky. Different beast. Really? Oh, they open carry into GameStop there. Really? Oh yeah, you go to get a you gonna get your new copy of um, whatever video game you enjoy. You can carry your weapon in there. Hmm. Oh, it's like the Wild West, and it's which is a very southern thing, you know. As a, and I'm a libertarian, so I enjoy stuff like that. I think you should be able to open carry freaking everywhere, yeah. you know. And that's not an Ohio sentiment. No. You know, uh, Ohio has a lot of hunters, a lot of guns, you know, right. it's, but it's also got a lot of anti-gun folks too. It's kind of mixed. It's not as common as it is down here. Generally speaking, down here, it's everybody's pretty good pro-gun, you know. Um, and I don't even own a gun, but I think you should be able to have it. I don't. I just don't yeah. like being told what to do. So the well, don't tread li- on me thing I love. Well, you're, you said you're libertarian, but you just, you're, you don't treat things, because I'm kind of like this too. I don't think there's this issue, that issue, that, that. Everybody treats every issue like it's so different when if you just kind of have a general rule for all of them, like golden rule type stuff, it's kind of solves it all. Like, I don't look at it as a weed issue, a gun issue, a benefits me, benefits them. It's just like, what's fair and what's free and... Generally speaking, I'm looking at government overreach. Right. That's where, where is the government doing something they, like the government's very functional and super helpful in a lot of arenas. Um, and I want them to do stuff. And then there's other stuff I go, yeah, I don't want you, you to control that? my guns. Like, also, like, you shouldn't control that plant. Right. You know, like, that doesn't seem like it's an important enough thing to control. Right. Like, should you control crack? Yeah, please can try to control the crack, because people are ruining their lives with right. it. You know? Um, pot. Eh. Or come up uh, with a new, or, yeah, come up with a plan that's working better than one you'll get, because it ain't Right, right, right. right. And so, like, Kentucky's that way. They want little government overreach. South Carolina the same way. That's one of the reasons I love it here. South Carolina is, I tell I don't even think people realize it here. They don't use the words. But because I've been to different places and seen it, when someone first gets here and they're startled or whatever, or they're trying to figure out, is everybody crazy? Startled. I'll explain to them, like, people in South Carolina don't like a lot of regulation. No. You can look at the front of the cars. There's no tag there. There's right. no inspection sticker. They're doing if you see a car broken work. down on the side of the road, it, they are not immediately fined twenty thousand dollars. It could sit there a couple of days. Everybody's a little bit to each his own. Well, not always, but we don't like regulation. Like we don't like being told what to do very much. I don't know if that goes back to like 
gotcha. revolutionary time, whatever it is, Confederate Don't tread on times, me. whatever. Yeah, there's a lot of, for whatever reason, once you say that and you point those things out to people, they're like, yeah, there are no, on car. you know, like, there are yeah. no, inspe- you haven't done inspections? And I'm like, no, and it's, you can just kind of look at our highways and our highway rules and stuff and tell that, you know, it's that's how it is. People don't like to be regulated here. When you go to a place, business like, is a lot more free. That's why there's a lot more money here too, because they have less business restrictions. Well, that's why we hate inspectors and we hate codes and we hate like that's just it's a thing. You don't want to be told what to do. You go to a place, a bigger city. They're used to being told these are the rules, these are the things. This is the you know you get out at a at a gas pump in D.C. and there's a bunch of rules that you're supposed to follow, like on the pump, you know, like just right there in government town, you know, like right. they're used to government it. Government town. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah, like, yeah. it's like, yeah, I'm regulated. Everything I'm doing, I'm There's a lot less personal right freedoms now. elsewhere. Yeah. And one of the views that people look at it is like, you know, I always joke that Charleston is still in the 80s, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it's, because it's, you know, and you can look at that as it's not progressive, it's backward or whatever the heck, you know, which is like some of that maybe is true, some old Southern bullshit that still mm-hmm. doesn't serve you anymore. But there's a lot of stuff that I think is great because it's like, yeah, that's when you could still do your stuff when we stopped over-regulating every little thing you did and tried to make you do X, Y, and Z. But then you look at some here's and they go, well, that, in their head, it's like, you're letting the business owners run wild. We don't care about the worker because, there's you know, like, where's the unions? Mm-hmm. You know, show me the union here. The Ohio Union's huge, you know, huge. Um, and that's loudly because you know it's the Rust Belt. You know, it's from building cars back in the day and trying to get fair wages for workers. You know, and it's like, yeah, there's uh, no, no. Um, but as as a worker, I've never made more money. I've never made more money in my life than I'm here, and I'm protected less than ever. You know, so that proofs in the pudding there, and also look at this: Charleston legalized gay marriage before the country did. Mm-hmm. Is that traditionally, you know, conservative right. Southern values? No, no, it sure ain't. That's you're not going to tell us mm-hmm. who can do what. If mm-hmm. two guys want to get married, who cares? Two chicks want to get married. We can decide. Yeah, you're not going to tell us we can't. And I, I love that's one of the things about, you know, and you could talk about a lot of things, but like one of the things I like about the South's evolution since the Civil War and all that stuff. And I'm no expert in that stuff, but one of the things, I'm interested in it, you know, because I've lived on both sides. Um, you're not going to tell us what to do down here. Mm-hmm. And I freaking love that. Like, because that's how I am. So I get that sort of thing. You're not going to tell us what to do. Like, it's not, you know, like, and that's, you know, the argument with slavery and all that stuff is like, the issue that Southerners always say is that it's states' rights. That was the issue. It wasn't about wanting to keep slaves. It was about states' rights, which everyone goes, sounds like you want slaves, mm-hmm. which I think was part of the thing. I don't think it, it was wasn't. definitely part of the thing. It was a part of the thing, man. It's not like it wasn't not about slaves, but the issue was you were telling us we can't have slaves. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's not good. Slavery was horrible, I think. But yeah, everybody knows. N- nobody's happy about it, and I've not met a single Southerner's like I wish we had slaves again. Haven't met one. Yeah. Okay. So, but the issue was somebody's telling you what to do, and I just you know that stuff that Northerners don't know about the South. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, there's a lot of ways that Northerners look at the South and go, um, they think everybody's stupid. Yeah. The issue with that is that you are telling someone else what to do. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem. You're defeating your own rule there. So that. You can't, by making someone work for free, 
you're telling another person what to do. Yeah. Great logic. Just apply it everywhere evenly. Like, well, that, right. And that's, 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 that's all the issue. Can't tell a person. I, I totally agree. Like, I'm glad. I think there's some remnants of that carrying on. But, like, in that moment, I don't know. It's just something I've never really forgiven the country for. It was like, what total BS that we said everyone's created equal and then we... Yeah, turned around and made people property. Like, yeah, how stupid! With the best document ever, did we immediately go retarded on it? I mean, yeah, it, it's it's really really dumb. And, and, and when you look at you know, like, is slavery wrong? Yep. Has it always been? Yep. I mean, you know whose fault it was. In the beginning, they almost wiped it out. South Carolina was the one, st- one of the main ones, stand up going, "We're not signing this unless y'all leave it like it is." You know, John Rutledge. Like that Rutledge Avenue's name that yeah. was like the guy was trying to keep slavery. The one that didn't want to be told what to do. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And it's like, dude, we could have saw this from the beginning. And you know, yep. Awesome document, freedom, great idea. You know, don't mess with me. I don't mess with you. With all the great stuff that a lot of countries couldn't get together for some reason. And, and, then, we, and then we went, oh, you're three fifths of a person, and you got work for free. Yeah, would y'all do that? You missed the point. Yeah, and that's the thing is, yeah, great idea. Don't tread on me, but that's so you can tread on other people. Yeah, like stupid. It's stupid, and that's the thing is, it's it's embarrassing and 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 wrong. But you know, what are you gonna do about now? Except to try to make, you know, try not to do the same stupid shit. What I try to do is, there's some things that everybody just loves about it. There's a reason people come here, whatever, food and all that stuff. Uh, people are nice, all those things. I try to just, I'm happy that like, like you said, people are helpful here. They're not going to wait on you to ask for it kind of stuff. So I try to take that. That's in my DNA, my family and whatever, where I'm from and just push that big time. Like use that to my advantage because people are not used to you just helping them going overboard. And if you do that, then it took me a while to realize like that in business and stuff, that's going to, that makes you the obvious choice. When you did what you yeah. said you were going to do, you helped them, boom, 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 boom. And then they're like, whoa, what? So what am I supposed to do for you? Oh, but nothing. Like, you know. That, yeah. Or if you were working toward a sale or something, they're like, this guy's the guy. Yeah. He's hustling everybody. He's helping me. And he's, at this point, I've never even signed anything with him. He's right. doing more than anybody else. He's well, being straight with me. He's telling me, you know, <coughs> being straight up with people too. Just telling people. Is- just telling people. I'm sorry everybody else is painting you this pretty picture, but this is around about what it's worth here. Yeah. And what you decide to do with that information, that's on you. You make the decision. Yeah. Where everybody else is telling them, your house is worth this, hire me, because I'm the guy who's telling you what you want to hear. I'm going to get it. Eventually, yeah. people get tired of that, you know, and they're like, oh, thanks for being straight up. Frequently, people get yeah. tired of that. So, yeah. I try to take the nice stuff and about it and use it and just forget all the bad things. And if people say you must be racist because you're from the south i just showed it and what is it there's a lot of dumb stereotypes about the south there's a lot of true stereotypes about the south there's a lot of dumb stereotypes about the north about everywhere there's a lot of true stereotypes about the north and if you haven't been both places you don't know what's real and what ain't real and it's like yeah was this the center for keeping slavery yes yep sure was made a lot of money a lot of the nice houses you see is built on the backs of slaves and not just physically built but because of the profit you're making. Not only that, dikes, trenches and stuff, Doug. Like, oh, like, dude. Like crazy stuff. The city was built. It's right. not even just the fancy houses. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like... But 
you know, is that the only thing it is? Is it still that way? No. You know what I mean? It's like there's a lot of stuff that's different and that not to say, you know, I don't know that slavery can be forgiven, no, but I don't yeah. think it makes sense to still paint everybody that way. Um, for the, for the North anyway, because it's just, I don't think, I think Southerners and a lot on a lot of fronts are less racist than Northerners because if you were black and you made it to Ohio, mm-hmm. you're not staying with white people. <laughs> like if you yeah. finally escaped white slave masters, you're going to do your own thing. And that's, I think there's a lot in Ohio. This is like, there's totally blacks, totally but yeah. like blacks kind of live in their area, right. whites kind of live in there. They're not commingle much, and that's very Ohio is to let you do your thing and I'll do my thing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of don't tread on me, but not really. Mm-hmm. Like it's lighter. Just don't tread on me light is what it is. Don't tread on me lightly. <laughs> yeah. The um, and they let the blacks do their community and they let the whites do their community and you know we don't go and harass them and they don't come and harass us. And if I was black, that's what I'd want. What are Ohio people? Where do most white Ohio people come? What's their Origin usually, um, a lot of Irish, Dutch, yeah, Irish, a lot of Irish, like us, a lot of German, a lot of Italian, um, and um, it's mo- mostly basically the, the poor immigrants that like, if blacks were treated the worst, right? Mm-hmm. Ohio has the next worst. <laughs> this is a bunch of the Italians, the Irish. That's how we ended up there. Is because you get run out of cities. You there was work in the factories to make cars. Yeah, like so, Australia. Yeah, totally, yeah, exactly. And here, this is all, you know, a lot of English, a lot of Scottish here. Um, yeah, everybody here is like, a lot yeah, of French. Scottish, Irish. Oh, at Charleston, yeah. That's French. what I'm saying, Charleston is yeah. very French, French very Scottish. Yep, yeah. hoity-toity high society. The good people in their heads, you mm-hmm. know, not us poor stupid Irish, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, which is funny, because you think about the war, and you think about, like, like that document, Rutledge, preventing it from being signed. Um, you know, I mean, like, it's, when you know anything about the war, it's, you think about, you know, um, Sherman's march through the South, right? Devastating. Mm-hmm. He's from Lancaster, Ohio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't mean to claim him as that way, but so was Grant. Um, so you got these Ohio guys coming down here and just, like, set y'all back. Way back. Food, schools, burning everything. Mm-hmm. If you just not sold people, <laughs> yeah. If you just said, "Yeah, we won't sell people," yeah, yeah. Where would you? You know, like I think about the school rankings. People talk about uh, the South being so stupid. Then you look at the rankings, and you're like, "Yep." In South Carolina, what forty eight? Mississippi forty nine or fifty? Alabama's down there. And you're like, right? Maybe that'd be higher. Maybe it'd be better. Maybe you know, like it's all this. You know, a lot of would be, should be, maybe could is, but um, yeah. I wish we would have figured that out about not doing slavery America would be so much better because we're still arguing there's still remnants of arguments and stuff going on about that the blacks here are you know it's like it's, it's like the drugs thing all blacks they just sell the drugs and the do that and I'm like and listen I mentioned about working food and bev mm-hmm. all the Geechee boys they didn't hire them to serve mm-hmm. only cooks. allowed back of the house cooks only mm-hmm. strictly they're allowed to cook. They're allowed to do dishwashing. They're not going to have them serving bartending. Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> you can speculate as to why. I know why I think it is. And that's, right. that's, that's the thing. You're not allowing, not you, but the royal you. The South is not, because of what they've done with slavery, <clears throat> then they're still trying to keep it separate. And that's why I always like dishwashing. You always have, would 
Say what? I always like dishwashing at restaurants. I haven't worked food bed very much, but I had a couple dishwashing jobs. You'd be working with like the the old black guy or like the Mexican lady. <laughs> yeah, and it's always real. If you're in a kitchen in Charleston, you're working with a black dude, a Mexican dude, or like a guy that look, a white guy that looks like Kid Rock. Yeah, you know, you're getting one of them free. Yeah. Who are all people that hoity-toity South, high cultural, you know, old English Charleston doesn't want to see in the front of the house. Mm-hmm. And so, <clears throat> a lot of those folks can't make better money. You, they literally can't get the job. Right. They, their their family didn't get the education. Their grandma didn't get the education that would have helped their their mother be next level to get into right. some kind of job or some kind of schooling, which means you are now not doing that. Which is like, well, if the, if the best money you can make, I talked to some kitchen guys like this that you know they're in there making nine ten bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. If you've been there forever in your nice place, maybe 13 or 14. Maybe, 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 maybe. Right. Like, you still got to eat. Mm-hmm. You're going to eat by any means necessary, aren't you? Mm-hmm. You might end up selling drugs, you know, because the college kids are going to do drugs. The white people here with all the money going to party and do drugs. Mm-hmm. Why not sell cocaine? Or, or whatever, not yeah, saying yeah. every kitchen guy's a coke dealer or something, no, but no, no, you know no, no, what I'm saying? saying? Like, yeah. that's the remnants are very real, and that's like part of the reason why people are racist, I think, is because they see that stuff. That, you know, are there black drug dealers? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it more prevalent in a white community or black community? Mm, I, don't, I don't really think that's the case. No. I think you might see it out, you know, it might like. seem a little more obvious or whatever. And, and also, you're probably looking for it more, you know, like. They're still like white drug dealers. They just do it in their house instead of on the corner, you right. know, or where, wherever the heck, you know. There's it, a little bit of that, like, it's glamorized a little bit too, and like, perhaps. Yeah, it's totally. Different. It's glamorized. different. So, so what people are thinking of this whole thing, it's like, yeah, like, well, they also don't have other options. So it's not to say that it doesn't exist. It does exist, but like, yeah, like, because you also won't let them serve. You know, the difference in money between being a dishwasher like a and being option. a server? Right. You know, like, if you let them guys. Well, they don't, you know, they, they talk Geechee. Like, first of all, white people love Geechee. So if right. you've got a Geechee server, they would think that was the coolest thing ever. Especially tourists. Yeah, especially tourists. <laughs> They're like, what, what? But also every black person I know, it's it's a conversation. It's a real conversation. They they talk about code talking all the time, code switching. Yeah. And if you're white and you're listening, you don't know what code switching is. Let <laughs> no. me share with you is talking white versus talking black. How you talk when you've got a group of white people and you're black is different than how you would talk to your black people. That's right. Especially if they're Geechee. Yeah. And um, it, it's funny because it's like they basically are bilingual. <laughs> no, they are. Yeah. You know? Um, and it's, I'm glad that Geechee and, you know, Ebonics in general, which Ebonics is like a, kind of like a blanket term for, yeah, you know, uh, incorrect English that's like street well, someone, talk so, someone yeah they they call it incorrect English and street right. talk I was like well it's, how correct is English you know? <laughs> right you know it's how our language is formed it's just yeah, communication yeah. that we write down yeah and it's you know it's got a sentence structure you know mm-hmm. um, you know that's it's not not different than French or Spanish you know uh, the verbs are in different places you know mm-hmm. in French than Spanish than English Geechee's is not different, you know. Can I have a cup of coffee? Right. Versus, I can have a cup of coffee? Right. <laughs> you never hear a white person say, I can have a cup of coffee? 
Never. You hear Geechee guy go all the time. Yeah. I can have that cup? That's a question. Yeah, that's a question. It's in his inflection. It's too. can I have a cup of coffee? Right. It's inflection too, the way he says it goes up at him. Yeah. And some yeah. of that I think might be from the Creole influence, yeah. you know, in the slave trade and the French influences because they do switch verbs. And, you know, it's like, I don't know. I'm no linguist. I don't know, but it's like, how it's is not that different? It's just, just the black kids I went to school with, they weren't Geechee up in Greenwood. And they tell you, yeah. they structure sentences like that. Well, I think a lot of the Southern black culture in general, right. <clears throat> if you're black and, you came, and you're in the United States, you came because of slavery. Right. That language, the Geechee Gullah culture, whole thing is because of mixed slave cultures moving mm. and being bought and sold. <clears throat> so, if you're black in the States, you're, we're Geechee at some point. Mm. You know, like, you got that language honest. It's not, right. you know, um, in my opinion. There's a great book on it, by the way, if you're at all interested in your next read. What? Called Blues People um, by Amiri Baraka. Um, it's the name of the author. Um, he's had another name that's uh, you know white up a white whited up name, but Amiri Baraka is the name he prefers. That's his you know African Muslim name. You know, but um, it just talks about you know I read it as part of my grad work studying blues. You know, and it talks about blues people and the development of that through slavery and all the blues in the South, blues going up north, all this stuff. Right. It tracks music. It's a music history book, but it's really historical it's interesting for that same kind of thing but it was a lot of obstacles still because of slavery mm -hmm. and white people just don't see it unless you hang out with black people you don't see it either mm -hmm. you know um you look at black people buying hair black girls buy hair right mm -hmm. they get braids or they get a wig or whatever why i guess what hair's long i mean yeah because natural hair mm -hmm. is looked at. If you got dreads or you got a fro, mm -hmm. it, it, it's looked on poorly. All right. You got a wig, you got that nice, you, you make it look just a certain way. That's different. Now, I'm not black, so maybe I got the wrong impression of that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Maybe I don't get it. But to me, I look at that and go, what's wrong? Now that I'm not so freaking racist as I was when I was, a, was kid, a kid, I look at that and go, what was wrong with your hair? Yeah, what's wrong with your hair now? You know, just let it be natural. Braid it up. Let it go crazy. Like, I don't have to think of... You don't go someplace and go, man, my hair is just laying natural. Mm -hmm. It's a problem. Right. If blacks ran society and enslaved whites, you'd be trying to kink your hair up. Yeah. So you don't get messed with. You know? They don't look at you... Because you look like a poor black then, mm -hmm. if you got just natural hair. And that's not saying you really do, but that's the assumption. Right. You know? Rich white people look at you. If you got a wig on, you're all right. You got your hair out natural, you know, it's something bad. Um, and I don't know if you, you thought about that. Yeah, kind of, I have. Or, or not, but that's one of the things I look at and go, it's like, it ain't just about job opportunity. Right. I got friends that are in a mixed uh, mixed couple, you know, he, mm -hmm. um, white, white, white guy, black girl. In Ohio, I got several friends like that here that get shit all the time. All the time. By being mixed. Yeah. Yeah. That when they, you I guarantee people look at it. When you go into a white business or whatever and you want to get good service, the white guy goes first and the black girl stands behind him. When they go into black business, the other way around. Because they get shit from both sides. White people give them shit. Like, why are you dating down? Black black people give the black girl shit because why are you... Oh, you're too good for a black man. Right. You, you, you're, you know, you, you're a... Uh, with the master now, and it's like, you yeah, guys are yeah. all fucking crazy. Like, excuse yeah. my language, but like, yeah, that's all crazy. Like, just like, they just like to hang out and bang. 
Yeah. Like, let them hang out and bang. Why do we... <laughs> yeah. Like, who cares, you know? Um, but it's getting better. I will say that. Uh, it's gotten better. I've seen it get better. I'm a white guy, and I've seen it get better. I think we're, it is getting better. We're in this... We're kind of in a weird time. Everybody's trying to figure out what it is and what's... What it should be. Yeah, what it should be, what's to... And it's almost certain things have gotten too extreme yes. in a certain way that people are overthinking it. Where all right, let's dial it back. Don't overthink everything, whatever, you know. But yeah, we have to go through it to to get there. Well, whatever, you know. It's like the... It's like... The, the whole gay thing, like, it's like, I, I think it's a, a similar issue. It's not the same issue, but anyways, we live in a slave gays, you know, so it's automatically not the same No, thing, but oppressed but, and people worrying about what you're doing in your life. Or yeah, and it's just like, and also, then we're too sensitive. They must be all called homosexual. Right. Like, it's like homosexual is the same as African American. It's like, I don't know a single gay dude that's like, I'm homosexual. No. No. He, first of all, don't talk like that. Right. Second of all, well, some do, I guess, but like... You know, it's like, and I've lived with gay dudes, so I can say this. They, they just like, like they have a term that like gay is fine. Right. You know, black is fine, gay is fine. No one's mad about and it. And they know. And it, if they are, they'll how, tell you. And based on how you're saying it, it depends on what if you're being totally. derogatory. Say it like an asshole and see yeah. how it goes for you. Yeah. You know, say it like a nice human. No one cares. You know. Yeah. Um, but it's getting better. And some of the black folks I've talked to, like I've worked, you know. Uh, when I was on the beach, there was a couple of folks that were working in the kitchen at the time, and they had some holiday weekend on Father, right? And they went to turn to go. This is when I was working at Loggerheads, right? And um, they went to turn and got pulled, got pulled over by a police uh, for not using a blinker, which to me is called being black in a car in the right. South, you know? Um, I've actually been pulled over on Father for not using a blinker, though. Oh, yeah, and that's not to say it's not, it could have been legit. Mm-hmm. But both of them guys look at me dead now, like, oh, you know, we used a blinker. Because mm-hmm. black people oh, are twice as, yeah, they're yeah, twice as nervous. They're blank, they're going under the speed limit. The slowest drivers in the South are black because they're scared to death to get pulled over. Mm-hmm. I don't freaking blame them, you know? Um, anyway, these guys got pulled over and they ended up going, they were close enough to loggerheads, they ended up in the parking lot, loggerheads, because there wasn't really a logical place to pull over otherwise. Um, and I'm out there serving lunch to a full deck of people. And the police get them out there for a blinker. Instead of just writing a ticket, here's your ticket for the blinker. See you, fellas. Pulled them out, searched them. Of course. TSA style with gloves up the crack of their ass. Yeah. And I'm like... Smell weed, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, all this stuff. And I'm looking at it going, God, this is embarrassing. This is crazy for them, like, over a blinker, you know? And I'm thinking to myself in my head, like, who's ever gone to a party with a joint in their ass crack? Mm-hmm. Or going to work and be like, about to go to work. I better put this, better put my drugs in my ass. Like, mm-hmm. anyway, <clears throat> and I talked to the guys after. I was like, man, that's crazy, you guys. Sorry that happened to you. You know, me looking at it's like clearly this is racially mm-hmm. charged here. Um, and um, they both said like almost like it's like in unison, better than it used to be. Yeah. And I was like, how is that better? Because it used to be before body cams on the cops. They slanted it on. Oh, or they would just take you around the corner and beat the crap out of you. Yeah. And say you resisted arrest and that was, there was no proof otherwise. You know? Yeah, body cams are clutch. Body cams are so clutch. Car cams are clutch because now they, and so that's why they're going through all the rigmarole and searching them in public, searching them in a parking lot, in a public place in front of people so that yeah. they don't get any litigation. But they're also doing everything by the book. And by the book is you search them just the way the thing is, even though it's like there's no reason to search. Yeah. But 
You know, no, so it I is getting better. Cameras. It's still still terrible. I love, I love the that. cameras. I had some people, some cops, roll up on me one night trying to in a crosswalk because a car blew a horn at me and I and I slowed down. I stopped walking and was like, "It's a crosswalk." <coughs> kind of yelled at him and kept right. walking. And two folly cops jumped out and like came toward me and tried to. They were trying to see if I was going to be disorderly. Yeah. Do you know that was a, what were you doing? Did you know that was a sled agent that was in that car and stuff? And I was like, "Look here." I, I was like, I was in a crosswalk, somebody blew the horn at me, they ought to know it's a crosswalk, whatever, and they they tried to say, well, you can't just jump out in front of people, you know how it works, and I just real quick said, look, y'all were both looking in that direction, you got a car with a camera on it, I'm sure facing that direction, the gas station's right there, I'm probably on several cameras, and I think y'all know that I was at least, I'm confident that I was 50% in that crosswalk when he blew that horn at me, and that's why y'all gonna let me keep walking, right, because y'all know I didn't do anything, right, right. and they just... It was like I was so confident and not drunk, and I said all that. Like, I know I'm on camera, whether I know I was on camera or not. And they were like, get out of here. Like, yeah. And I was like, I'm so glad these cameras are everywhere now because... Yeah. Because yeah. there's... It's like keeping... It scared them because they were like... It was like they could think for a minute, uh, we're going to have to show this tape or something. You know? Yeah. Like they if, didn't know. I mean, I'm like... If we write him a ticket, he's going to go to court. We're going to lose it. We're going to look back. Why are y'all immediately siding with the 5,000-pound car? Where's right. the person walking in the yeah, crosswalk? I'm a flesh body. Yeah, what are y'all talking about? I was like, this guy's. I was like, yeah, oh, he's a sled agent, so he blew the horn and left his tin windows up. Oh yeah, I mean, I got a speed ticket the other day, and I'm glad, you know, I saw his little cam on his vest. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm glad he had his camera on. Now he pulled me for speeding. Was I speeding? Yep. Yeah. Don't gotcha. deny that in the slightest. Gotcha. I don't believe that I was doing the speed he said, mm-hmm. which I really wasn't. But either way, it don't matter. He came up to me, nervous. He was shaking. And I'm thinking to myself, well, again, that cook's cops been getting shot at, yeah, yeah, crazy yeah, shit yeah, going whatever. on. Um, and I, I just, I was like so happy. I was thinking to myself, I'm glad he's got this camera on because he's going to, everything about this is going to be yeah, standard. Mm-hmm. But like he's scared to death, it's going to go sideways. Yeah, yeah. And you pull some random, and he was a black cop in, in Buford. Right, right. Which is, you know, he's pulling up on some, Undertaker looking yeah, redneck yeah. guy and he's scared to death I'm gonna shoot him and it's like I just took the ticket like yeah. I don't think I told him I was like I don't think I was going that fast but he goes well I didn't write you a ticket for the you know full speed. amount yeah, yeah it's like lesser speeding and I was like yeah. well alright whatever and I went to shake his hand and he pulled his hand back like he was about to grab his gun Yeah. and I'm just like did this and he goes huh. yeah. I'm like I'm so glad you did not just shoot me sir because I'm just trying to shake your freaking hand, man. I shook that lady's hand. There was two cops that night. And as I went to walk off after they were like, get out of here, I said, wait a minute. Are we cool? Like, I live around here. Like, And I put my hand yeah. out. She was like, what? I was like, let's just shake hands about this. Like, y'all, you know, like, I didn't mean anything by that. Y'all were just stopping me for something that didn't, I didn't do anything. Right. I didn't appreciate it. But I, when I see you from now on, I, let's what? let's not hate each other. And she was like. She stuck her hand out and was like, all right, have a good night. Well, like, that's that's what I told homeboy. I was like, yo, like, first of all, I was speeding. And I told him, I was like, I don't think I was speeding as fast as you say I was speeding. Right. But I bet that's what they all say. And he kind of laughed because he's right. like, of course, everyone says, I don't think I was going that fast, you know. Look, um, man, this is just, you should have said, this is just about me being from Ohio, right? Is this because I'm from Ohio? This yeah. is because I'm from Ohio, this man. Re- you don't know what it's like to be from Ohio. <laughs> that's what you should have said to him. He would have been like, sir, I'm, I'm black and Buford. All right. Um, <laughs> let's wrap it up. We'll talk all day. Yeah. The, we'll drink um, more coffee and keep talking if I don't stop. Yeah, yeah that's right. We got a We're wife about to out of time the second time. I got a wife that's going... 
expect me to hang out with her and everything. Well, you know, like, yeah, like, that we're, like we're together. It's like like you've got a girlfriend forever now. Yeah, she's crazy. nice. So I like her. It's crazy. Um, well, thanks. This has been fun. I hope this. Uh, we're gonna keep doing them. Yeah, please. I'm gonna keep doing them. We got to do one like every month or something. All right. I'll be, I'll, I'll be. I'll be. I'll be. And we can like I can make a thirty minutes or an hour or whatever. Yeah, Ed, what you want out of it? Keep it. I don't care. All right. Cool. Thank you. Bye.